You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. You can follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at TheBatmanBC for new episodes, upcoming episodes, and even some giveaways. You can also follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan, Lauer spelled like lower. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com and you'll see a whole list of other cool nerdy shows that shares our interests that we like to just frolic about in our free time. You can also write to the Batman Book Club at thebatmanbc at gmail.com for questions or comments, concerns, go to Eric Holzman. And lastly, if you'd ever be so kind, please rate and review the show. The uh, link to the review page on Apple Podcasts is in the description of this episode. And the more reviews we get, the more it spreads the word. And the word is panic. Now on this, uh, let's call it a finale to Batman Ninja Turtles week. We are bringing in some big guns. And by big guns, I mean, it's our friend Garrett Grev again. What up, Garrett? What, what? Oh, hey. Yeah, it, uh, the, 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 uh, the thunderous impact of the special guest announcement right there might have fallen a little <laughs> flat. They're like, wait a minute. We hear Garrett like every third episode. Come on. What's going on? Man, this is pretty much like the Garrett Book Club now. Give some other people a chance. (laughs) No, that's, uh, yes, people are probably thinking that. But, Lauer, as always, let me just express my ever-burning gratitude that I get to take part in our fun shenanigans, you know, reviewing the adventures of our favorite character. It is a pleasure, as always, to join you. Uh, A pleasure to have you, as always. Um, I know that we have a friend, a mutual friend. His name is Peter Vera. Jersey's finest, who is starting to get jealous that you've been on this show twice between his uh, appearances. So I know he's going to have to get back on here soon because I want I want I want all my kids to know that daddy loves them all equally. Okay, it's true. You know, Uh, sometimes sometimes you love one more equally than the others. And that's just (laughs) fine. You know, you don't need to feel guilty about that. As long as we all know I love Eric Holzman the least, then we're good. We're all set with that. <laughs> no, Eric. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, no, this is a very exciting episode because the last episode, I got to sit down and speak with the author of Batman TMNT Adventures, Mr. Matthew K. Manning. He was an awesome guest. Um, he was very open. He did not tell me to shut my damn mouth. He answered all questions and then some. It was a great, great interview. Unfortunately, Garrett Grev was not able to attend that interview, and fortunately, the universe aligned. It didn't align much in 2020, but it did for us, so thank you, universe, in that we got to sit down and speak to Mr. John Samariva, the artist of Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, and I said we because Garrett was able to make that one. Yes, scheduling worked out well. I had uh, no prior commitments involving, you know, my many children or other duties, you know, I I don't leave the house much. So that's typically not an issue um, as you know, most of us aren't right now, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as much as my heart was broken before 
Uh, it has been mended, and I am a new man once again. <laughs> you are a new man, a new man. Well, let's let Garrett tell me to shut my damn mouth because let's step through this portal. Let's sit down with Mr. John Samariva. And joining us now is John Samariva. John, thanks for joining us and talking to us today. No worries, guys. My pleasure. Uh, for anybody listening, can you tell them where where you're talking to us from? Um, so I'm in a city called Canberra, which is the capital of uh, capital city of Australia. Um, yeah, this is pretty much where I where I grew up. I've um, moved around to a few different cities in Australia, but we've we've ended up back here. So, yep, good old Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> It is an honor because because of you, we have now gone international. Whew, I'm oh. sweating it over here. <laughs> Big deal. Always international. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first question I like to ask anybody when uh, when they're on the show is, what is your favorite Batman story? Mm, Batman story. Well, um, to be honest, I, I haven't read too many of the comics. I I mean, I've read Dark Knight, which. You know, that's kind of a <laughs> must read. And because um, uh, I, I always tended to follow the artists more than anything. So um, actually, when Jim Lee was drawing Hush, that was the yeah. first big real story arc that I followed. And, um, you know, that was amazing. It was an, uh, an amazing book. Yeah, I, I got to get my hands on one of those uh, <laughs> special in Lauer. Showing yeah, off now, Lauer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh, stop. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that and and I mean, aside from that, my my intro to Batman would have been the cheesy old you know '60s TV show. Yeah, that was that was on <laughs> after school, and and then uh, the '89 Tim Burton movie, which um, you know was just such a game changer as far as you know comic book movies went back then, and and it definitely made a huge impression on me as a kid. You know, I, uh, I recently actually bought the uh, uh, Lego Batwing that they released oh. just because. Yeah, it's such a cool design, you know, that uh, how it's, I mean, you know, it's so iconic. It's the logo and that bit when it flies up in front of the moon and, you know, you just really remember that. So, I don't know, uh, uh, to answer your question, uh, <laughs> I'd have to say Hush, really, you know, because it's the one that, that, you know, in comics really made that impact on me. Well, there's no, there's no wrong answer, but being an artist and how you said you follow the artists, like, it's like, can you get any better than Jim Lee and Hush? Like, man, that is the top tier, excellent stuff. Yeah. I remember when I think it was in Wizard, uh, the the guide to comics magazine. Um, they had <laughs> a preview, and I had not heard before this that Jim Lee was going to be doing, you know, a run on Batman, and it had a preview of the art, and I remember just being like absolutely blown away like never in my wildest imagination as a kid looking at like wild cats or whatever x-men before that would i ever imagine that jim lee was going to be working at dc one or two taking over like a batman arc and i was just floored man i've I, <clears throat> hush has a very very special spot in my heart as well simply because <laughs> like one I, I do enjoy the story i think it's a good story um and the artwork is just like every panel every page you could you know blow it up put it on your wall it's beautiful mm -hmm. so i i i love the choice yeah yeah it's a uh, it, it real that i mean that that story was just such a an artist's wet dream i guess you could call it in <laughs> in that um you know he, he did that thing where every issue um it's jeff Loeb that wrote it right jeff Loeb. 
Yeah. He, he did a, every issue they, they're featuring a new villain, you know, a new one of Batman's Rogue, which is one of the greatest rogues galleries that we've got. You know, I think between Spidey and Batman, they've got, you know, the best mm-hmm. villains out of everyone. And, um, you know, just the, the way that they were able to feature one villain each issue was just so cool. Such a great way of doing it. Awesome. Excellent. Well, before we dip into the main event of the Batman TMNT adventures, could you kind of give us maybe like your your origin story into becoming an artist? And then maybe, uh, well, you already kind of gave us a hint of how you got into Batman and what your relationship is to the Ninja Turtles and how you got into them and stuff, too. Yeah, sure. Um, how far back do we want to go here? <laughs> as far back as you want to go. I mean, if you don't want to reveal your age, that's fine. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably probably a bit older than you guys, I think. Um, but yeah, I you know I've always drawn ever since I was I was a little kid, and um, you know I, I loved uh, drawing Star Wars and you know fa- a lot of fantasy kinds of Star Wars was probably probably the main thing I remember as, as a kid drawing. But um, anyway, fast forwarding a little bit from there, you know, I used to draw a lot of comics at home and and that sort of thing, and and it wasn't until I was about 15 years old that I actually discovered comic book art, which was, funnily enough, um, it was Jim Lee's X-Men trading cards, which was the first thing that I really saw. And I, I started copying these things, you know, just copying the art into into my art books and sketchbooks. And um, it was pretty much overnight that I decided this is what I want to do for a living, you know, at that age. And I, I kind of gave myself the goal within 10 years, I want to be a professional comic book artist. And if I don't make it, then I'll try and do something else I don't know I I mean I I was always going to be involved in something to do with art and so um you know from there I just honed my skills just kept on drawing I found friends that were also you know into drawing comics and that and and we we used to swap ideas and critique each other and all that kind of thing you know and just get better and better through that friendly competition and then um you know, I, I'm kind of of the generation where we're the, we're the first generation where the internet really made a huge impact on the way that you can break into comics. And so, um, you know, I, I, in, in the back of my mind, I always thought I'm going to have to do samples and send them off to all the comic companies. You know, I'm going to have to send these samples to Marvel and DC one day when I get good enough, you know. And uh, in the meantime, I was just putting my artwork on the internet and joining uh, message boards. And, you know, there was there was a, a site just before um, DeviantArt. It was called uh, Comics uh, Comics Matrix, it was called, yeah. And so we used to put our art on there and have little mini tournaments against each other, you know. And there, there was a, this is how I met a lot of my um, my now colleagues you know in in comics like uh, mark brooks for example was a guy that you know he used to frequent a lot of the same message boards that i did and we used to talk to each other through art and that sort of thing and um through that process um basically the right pair of eyeballs saw my work and thought that i was good enough to draw a comic book so i received a, a, an email from jay ferber um, who's who was working on Noble Causes, and he's done a bunch of stuff for Image Comics. And he said, you know, do you want to do a backup in this comic? And I'm like, oh my god! Like, to, I mean, receiving that email is is like a dream come true. You know, I'm actually going to get to draw a comic book. You know, and someone's going to pay me for this. And to that point, I I had barely. I mean, I I didn't even know what size paper was drawn on, you know. I didn't know what <laughs> tools we used. I I had no clue, you know. I was just drawing on photocopy paper at home. And, um, but I think, um, 
sometimes it's good to be a little bit naive and unknowledgeable because you don't know what your limitations really are. And so you just dive in and you just do it. And so then all of a sudden now you don't, now you do know how to do it, you know? <laughs> and so kind of uh, that, that's how it just started for me. I, I did that first job with Jay. Um, I actually went to wizard world, Chicago. Um, like I'm, I'm skipping big chunks of yeah. the whole story here, but basically I, I ended up at wizard world, Chicago with a few, a few other guys that I started out with. And I used those, um, not even the finished pages, but the thumbnails of the pages I, I showed to like Eric Larson and, you know, just a few other comic book pros. And, um, I got some really good feedback from them, you know, and, and, um, and from there that kind of snowballed into a job with Dark Horse Comics and, and it just has kept on going from there, you know, basically. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how I got into, oh, sorry. Okay. And then, and then how did I get into the Ninja Turtles? Um, yeah, so so that that was all that was all kind of happening during this whole journey. At the same time, I um, when I was twelve years old, I saw the uh, cartoon, the eighties cartoon series, um, and it just absolutely blew my mind. You know, just uh, the the idea of mutant turtles. I don't know, turtles are just such a cool creature to draw, and the fact that they're ninjas, you know, it just doesn't get much better than that. And um, you know, I was one of those kids that was literally i made my own pair of nunchucks you know in in my dad's garage <laughs> two pieces of wood and i bent the the metal to make the chain and you know swinging them around and smacked myself in the head you know like all that kind of stuff and at one point one of them flew off into the neighbor's backyard i remember so anyway i, I was super into the turtles like to the point where I, I mean i was drawing them a lot at school and um you know, uh, I mean, kids used to pay me out about that because I was drawing them so much, you know, and I just, I just, I just loved it. You know, I love that, that, uh, story and that, that idea. And I didn't even realize that it was a comic book. I didn't know about comic books at that time. As I told you guys, I was 15 by the time I, I actually discovered comic books. And, um, also it was very difficult to get things from America in Australia at that time. It wasn't the way it is now where everything, you know, flies out straight away and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, we, I used to listen to a lot of hip hop, for example, when I was a kid. And, and um, it, it would take months and sometimes years before we would receive albums, you know, from the States. You know, you couldn't just download stuff straight away. And so um, comics, uh, it was this thing that I'd see at the news agency, um, you know, so you'd just go in there and you could buy your newspaper or, or comic books and I'd sort of scroll through and they'd have a few Marvel titles and that kind of thing. But um, uh, there was a kid at my school that actually had the Ninja Turtles um, comics, like the big um, volumes that they put out. I don't, I don't know what name they go by, but there was like four books and he had one of those and this kid was a little shit. I don't know if we're allowed to swear on this, but he was a little yeah. shit. <laughs> Yeah, you're good. He was a little shit, John. Yeah. He was yeah. shit. Do it. That's it. Say his name. Name him. Let's let everybody know who this yeah. shit was. <laughs> his name was Nathan. Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so this kid, he <laughs> he um he had he had this thing hidden in his folder in my science class. I remember, and he kind of would go like this, you know, like like sort of give me a little clam peek, you know, like open it up and and quickly hide it. And I go, what is that? Like, because. It was a Ninja Turtles thing. I could see that, but they were drawn really gritty and angry. And I'm like, what is this? You know, and, um, and I just wanted to know where, where do you get this thing? Where can you find it? And then 
it wasn't until years and years later that I, I found out about the, the secret underground comic shop that we had in the city, which was beneath, a, you had literally had to go downstairs into this record store and it was kind of tucked in the back there. They had a little comic shop. And oh my God, the day I discovered that place, it was, it just blew my mind. You know, I, I got a standing order, you know, um, I found all of these really cool image comics, you know, Spawn was out at that stage and all that kind of stuff. So it was uh it was just so exciting you know and, and i would um i mean i mean it was a it was almost like a religious experience for me because i would buy these comics it would come in this little green plastic bag i would jump on the bus and you know it, it was like i had this holy grail that i couldn't wait to open when i get home you know and and then i you know it was it, i had to make sure the conditions were perfect everything's quiet i would pull the first comic out and i if you know it, it would piss me off if i saw any of the pages that came after you know before like i wanted to read every page and devour it you know so it was uh anyway i've gone off on a, a crazy no. tangent about the yeah, first time okay. you're reading a comic book. but um yeah look with the with the turtles it was really just the the animated series and then i kind of um i got a little bit of a um i felt a bit cringy of my love of the turtles because of the fact that i i felt a little bit embarrassed about it because when i was a kid i used to draw them so much and 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 kids kind of some kids made a bit of fun you know made fun of me a little bit when I was doing that in when I was younger, and so then as I got older, um, the trailer for the two thousand and eight uh, cartoon movie came out, <clears throat> and and that thing just blew my mind you know it just looked so cool the way that they did that animation, and so I I just did a drawing of um, Michelangelo you know in a in a cool little pose or whatever and I put that on on my website and. Uh, on DeviantArt, actually, um, and and it just kind of blew up. Like people were going crazy for my drawing of of a ninja turtle, you know. And so I, then I drew a Raphael, and then from there, um, IDW got in touch with me, and they, I guess, they liked what they saw, and they offered me a job doing uh, some sketch covers for them. And um, IDW got in touch with me. They asked me to do the sketch covers, and I I did a bunch of those, and they sold them on this um, IDW limited website where, um, you know, they sell like things like that, you know, a little bit of original art and that kind of thing. And they told me the day that they were supposed to go on sale, and I'm kind of refreshing my browser, waiting for them to pop up because I was like, I want to see how much they sell them for, and you know, get a get a bit of an idea what my art is worth. And they just, they never popped up. I never saw them. And I wrote to the guy and I go, I thought you guys were going to sell them today. You know, I'm doing the typing fingers thing. <laughs> and, um, and he wrote back and said, yeah, they, they just sold in within four minutes. They were all gone. And I go, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. And then I said, I, I kind of, uh, used that as a, as leverage. I said to them, um, well, imagine how much you could sell them for if I was an actual published Ninja Turtles cover artist, you know, like you guys should give me a cover and, um, at least I, I, I know I did that. And I don't know if that led to then the editor from IDW getting in touch with me and offering me my first cover gig with, um, IDW, but, um, that's kind of the, the sequence of events. And, and from there, yeah, it, it just, again, um, you know, I just, put all my my love and passion for the turtles into that drawing and tried to make it the best I could you know I want to draw something that that I would love as a fan and um I think that shows through in the artwork enough that you know they they kept on offering me more and more and and you know built up from there to doing some a few short stories in the animated 
style of the turtles and then that of course led to the batman turtles thing which we're going to talk about eventually at some point so yes <laughs> so when you said that you drew the turtles a lot in growing you trying to illustrate the cartoon version or were you coming up with your own design uh no it was it was pretty much just the the animated version yeah yeah, yeah i was trying I, to perfect I, it, uh, the when you'd said of discovering them, I feel like a lot of us. So we're not too far off. I think Garrett's of being in the same generation. Garrett, I think, is just a couple years older than me, and maybe you're just a couple years older than him. But for a lot of us, it was like the exposure of that uh, '80s cartoon series, and then it was a whole new world when we found out they were in comic books too. And it was like, what? There's more <laughs> of this in the comic books, which yeah. were hard to to track down. And then, yeah, of course. In the 2000s plus, they've started re reissuing and reprinting in collections and stuff. And of course, I had to get my hands on those. And though drastically different, still just as awesome because it's the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that was the mind blower for me too. You know, growing up in small town northern Minnesota, I mean, you could find, you go to the supermarket right and find comic books from DC or Marvel, and then eventually, you know, later on, Image. Um, but there's no way you were finding Mirage, right? So it wasn't like you could find those around. So eventually when I got, you know, the original Ninja Turtle comics, I'm like, uh, well, hold up. This is very much different. Um, <laughs> what is going in black and white? I had no idea. So, John, I think it's just so cool. Like listening to you tell the story about, you know, the things you were into and then like that got to be your career. You got to like draw <laughs> these characters that were your childhood favorites. Like I get, what do I get to do? I, I get paid to draw pictures of Ninja Turtles. Like that's <laughs> so awesome. It's great to hear that, how that's come along. And then, you know, Ryan, you'd asked about you know, the style when you were younger and drawing mm -hmm. sort of the animated Ninja Turtles. And I've, I've looked through a lot of your artwork. And I think one of the things that I'm most impressed with is you seem to be very uh, versatile and adaptable, but there's 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 this sort of Samariva flavor to your work still, where you can mm -hmm. recognize that it's you when I see it, but it it reflects sort of the source material. Um, I would love if you could share about you know um, the approach to bringing together because Batman the, the animated series has this very particular art style, right? And then the 2012 Ninja Turtles was a very particular art style. And I've just, I was so impressed with this book on how you brought those two worlds together. I'd love to hear a bit about your approach <laughs> and how you were able to pull that off, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh... I almost feel like you're going to be disappointed at the answer, like as if I was uh, <laughs> off in some laboratory concocting this perfect formula that would work, you know, but <laughs> it was, um, it, I mean, it, look, it was, uh, I was just lucky. It just, it just um, was my style and it just landed right, you know. So I, I, I can take you back a little bit with that. So as far as my style goes, it's, um, you know, I've, I've always kind of described it as a mix of graffiti art, sort of spliced with Disney art, you know, like in those two things, those two influences were kind of smooshed together. So, you know, there's a lot of that that hip hop and, and street kind of flavor in there, which I think gives it that little edgy, cool kind of touch, you know, that, that people sort of like to see. Um, and it really, it's just what I like, you know, it's a, the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. And, um, you know, I, I did grow up on the on the Batman animated series, of course. Um, absolutely loved that TV show. And, and um, I'm not sure if anything has really come close to it in terms of, you know, storytelling and, and that sort of style. Um, you know, because it had the serious tone where you can really, you know, 
kids love it, but uh, it's 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 all ages. Anyone anyone can really enjoy it. I mean, we can watch it to this day, and it's held up very well, you know. Um, and that that style that style is so strong. The the Bruce Tim style, you know, it's um it's it's its own world basically. That's been I had I was very unfamiliar with that. I I was very unfamiliar with Bruce Tim's art, and believe it or not, he was never someone that I would cite as an influence or anyone that I um, was, I wasn't too familiar with what he was doing outside of being the guy that, you know, created this TV show. So basically I really had to do my homework uh, to start with, um, you know, to try and capture that feel, you know, just whatever it was that made those designs work and and that kind of thing. And so um, I just basically did what I always do. I did a lot of research on the internet. I found lots of character sheets and model sheets and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, some of the uh, philosophies that that the animators in in that style have, there's a lot of the um, curves versus straights, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that, but <laughs> it's a it's a formula that kind of gives us a certain type of dynamic to your artwork. And um, I was very fortunate actually that I got to spend a bit of time with uh, Jeff Matsuda. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's, uh, he's a guy that kind of came out of, um, you know, Rob Liefeld's Extreme Studios back in the day and then just blew up and became his own thing. And he he's actually the guy that did the whole uh, Batman, the Batman. Uh, so he was the guy that basically took the reins from Bruce Timm and, and then everything was drawn in his style for a while there. So, you know, that Joker that you see with the big crazy green dreadlocks and, you know, yeah. the, the long sleeves and that, that's, that's all Jeff's stuff. So... Uh, I spent a couple of days with Jeff after one of the San Diego Comic Cons and and did some really intense like you know Luke Skywalker on Dago Bar style training <laughs> with him, where you know he was really um, giving me a lot of great feedback, a lot of critiques, you know, drawing over my work and and teaching me a lot of this stuff because he he's got it down to a science, you know, a fine a fine art where he will draw something and instantaneously he can tell what's wrong with that drawing just through um, these formulas that that he understands so well. And to this day, I don't quite get it. You know, my brain just doesn't work like that. Um, I just know when something looks right and when it doesn't look right to me. And, and I just keep working it until I get it to look the way that I want it to. So um, having said all that, you know, I, I, I was already very familiar with the turtles, you know, the way that I, I was very comfortable with the way that I was drawing the turtles at that point, the animated ones. And the idea was just to draw something that could fit within my way of drawing the turtles and also be uh, like a love letter. This whole, this whole thing really is a love letter to mm -hmm. um, those things that we love, you know, the turtles and, and the, the animated series of Batman. And so in the style, I wanted that to be reflected as well. And, um, you know, the, I did that drawing, which then became the variant cover for issue six. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one. It's sort of like a landscape drawing of Batman and the turtles and I also did the drawing, which then became the the title card for the first issue, and um, that's what I I just sent those in. You, you you cross your fingers and you hope that it works. And luckily, the feedback was very good, and everyone thought it was going to work for the for the book, and it, it, we went from there. So yeah. 
John, it's I hope so that's funny. the kind of answer you're looking for. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, that was that was the perfect answer. And it's so great because, you know, I am not <laughs> I'm not an artist. I grew up, uh, you know, as a bit of a, a doodler and a penciler. And I still like to goof around a bit. But, you know, I, I like to think I can pick up on some things every once in a while. And I'm like, you know what I what, what I get when I read this and I look at some of your other stuff is you mentioned that curve versus straight. And maybe maybe I'm off base here and you can correct me, but it feels like. While this one, I see it, it's immediately recognizable as that, you know, Bruce Tim, in particular, the earlier Bruce Tim work. Um, but you kind of go even bigger with that curve versus straight. Like you, you sort of take that curve in general to these different proportions. And I, and I see it just almost in how you um, lay out the different characters, even not just the characters themselves. Your Batman is very big and curved, like hulking almost from the shoulders, all the, <laughs> you know, shoulders through the neck to, to, to the ears on top of the cowl. And you can <laughs> tell it's the animated series Batman, but it is, it you know, it's the John Samariva animated series Batman. And I was just so impressed with how it, it melded with the Turtles because it doesn't feel like when I read it, you're looking at like characters that walked, out of the cartoon, you know, Batman, the animated series spliced with these characters from the Ninja Turtle series. It looks like these two characters are existing in the same universe and are interacting with one another in the, in the backgrounds match what the character work is. And um, it was, thank you for answering it. It's, it's everything I could have imagined you'd say. <laughs> in the fact that you're like, I just got lucky, I think speaks to your talent. So it's really <laughs> incredible. Well, thank you. I, I I appreciate the 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 nice sentiments. So yeah, <laughs> that's good cool. Good thing he wasn't being a Nathan. Am I right? Like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's called a callback. The yeah, there you go. So to dive into the series, and you you kind of um, briefly explained how you'd gotten into it. How did how did you get in touch with uh, Matthew, the writer of the series, and that? going from Australia to U.S. Uh, communication. Explain some of that. Because I, I feel like as much as uh, comic fans as we are, we don't know the process of how a comic's made. We have this idea, I think, of like, yeah, everybody just goes to work and the artist sits next to the writer and they just crank out this comic book in a week. And it's like, <laughs> no, when you start asking people, it is a totally different world. So go ahead and shed yeah. some light on that process. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's very, it's very, it's definitely interesting, you know, um, being that I'm here in Australia, you know, and, and um, working on, uh, I mean, it's, it varies depending on the project uh, for the most part, but, but there's usually a set of things that usually work the same, which is the first step is always going to be the writing. So in this case, you know, that's Matt and, um his whole side of things and and you know that's there's there's a lot involved in that they 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 go through um quite a few stages because they tend to really focus on that the story is such a key part of the comic book you know so you have to really get that right and by the time i come along that's quite well polished overall um you know it's got it's got your description of what you're going to see in each panel and then what the dialogue is going to be and that's kind of, um, it's like a little roadmap there, you know, and, and from there, my job is to, um, you know, take that and, and turn that into pictures and make it so it's a nice seamless flow, you know, that goes from panel to panel. And, you know, I, I like to try and capture as much of the movement from one frame to the next. So you, you can almost imagine these things moving as, as the, as you're reading the story, you know, 
Um, you know, if you were if you were to go away and and dream about it, you might think that you saw a movie or something. I don't know. So <laughs> that's kind of the goal, anyway. That's what I, I try mm -hmm. to achieve. Um, but yeah, as far as meeting Matt and speaking to him for the first time goes, um, I, I think we we just reached out to each other through social media. I think and and um, you know, I like to do that as much as possible with everybody that I'm collaborating with. You know, because it's really good to to have access to the people and you're working as a team, you know, like, um, so if there's something that I'm not sure about, I want to be able to ask the question. Um, and I want, I want to get his point of view on something, you know, and, uh, at the end of the day, um, it's the, the more that you can collaborate, the better. If we could be next to each other in the same room, that would be ideal, <laughs> especially with the rest of my art team. I would love that. I would love to, have a colorist right there, you know, and, and somebody that I, you know, we can just bounce the ideas off each other. Cause not, not just for motivation and that, but, um, you know, there are just times where you just, you, when we're working by ourselves, you just have to guess, you know, you just take a guess on something and you hopefully got it right, you know, or it's better than what they were expecting. You know, that's the ideal. Um, I'm sure that in some of my very early gigs that I did, I'm sure that the writer would have seen what I was working on and gone, this guy sucks, man. Like he, <laughs> he has left out so many details because I had limitations, you know, like I, I would read things in a script and I, I like to me, I would go, how, how can you draw this? Like, this is impossible. They're asking for all these different things and how can I make this work? And then, um, later on, the, the funny thing is the secret, the, the real secret is you get to a point where you just say, fuck it, man, I don't care. I do not care anymore what you think, what they think, what anybody thinks. I'm drawing this for me and I'm going to make it the best that I can do and I'm going to draw it my way. That's it. And when you get to that point, like it took me about 10 years, you get to that point and then, and then people seem to like what you're doing, you know? So anyway, I got, I got to that stage and I'd be reading things in the script and I'm like, all right, if this isn't going to work as one panel, I'm going to just split it in half now and I can put half the things here and half the things there and it's going to make a lot more sense like that. And then, you know, I've never, I can't say I've ever been in a situation where I've done that and then people have turned around and said, no, go back to the way that it was supposed to be. You must follow these rules and blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's always been very cool how it's worked like that. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm off on some other tangent now. So. <laughs> no, not at all. No, that, that fits in perfectly with the question of every uh, every collaboration is different and unique. Are you an artist that you would like to have scripts sent to you specifically laying out of how you're – or do you like it to be a little open for you to interpret your own way? And then how, how are Matt's scripts to you? Mm. Well, uh, for me, the, the best scripts are the ones that um, – basically trust the artist to be good at their job. So um, if somebody is there dictating the camera angle, where the frame is, you know, where the panel is going to appear on the page, what the layout is of the page, all of these kinds of things, those, those scripts are really annoying. And I will mostly just do the opposite of what they've asked for on purpose <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's not the that's not really the writer's job the writer's job is to tell the story basically you know and so I, I, a writer that's writing those things in is most likely doing it because they don't know who's going to be drawing their comic and and they might get a beginner and so they kind of want to help them along the way with that and that's fine that's you know it's it's all good but um the I, I, what i what i'm mostly interested in is i want to 
I want to understand, um, you know, the mood of the characters. I like seeing the dialogue there because that tells you so much of their gesture and their pose and what that character is going to be doing at that that point in time. Um, with Matt's script, he, he's um, he's quite a visual um, writer, so he understands very well what um things are going to look like on the page so when especially when he's writing a lot of the physical comedy and those kinds of gags you know um one good example was the one where where um uh, mikey's sticking his hand through the portal and he's grabbing batman's face like it, the way he wrote it was just perfect i could just see it as soon as i read it i could see the comedy and i knew exactly what i had to do to make that land and be funny you know and, and work on the page and and he uh, he's very good at that that stuff. So um, you know he's he's also a, a lot of uh, writers when they're first starting out they kind of try to give you too many actions to do in a panel, and then that it it's impossible because we're literally doing one drawing. You know you can't show a person nodding their head, for example. That's very difficult. You know because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're either drawing them like that or like that. So there, there's there's one example there where I had um, three panels to draw Mikey nodding his head to the music, you know? And so I've got him in one panel like this and the next one's like that, like that. So you can kind of imagine that's what he's doing with his head, you know? He's going, not going, not go. That was <laughs> just on that page. It's so funny you mentioned that. I was looking exactly at that page. So could you please stop that? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> so great. So do you, yeah. with that sort of a style, do you think you could ever illustrate a story for Alan Moore? <laughs> have you ever seen his scripts? <laughs> I have, I have. Um, well, I, I actually did get to draw a Chris Claremont um, piece once, which he literally wrote like two pages for one pinup. And I, so I'm, I'm reading through this whole thing and he had described everything, you know, like this plane is in the background and it's this model and it's landing and the jet engines are pointing up and blah, blah, blah. Like very, like very, very beautifully written. It was like, you know, I, I don't know, it was very, um, had a lot of, a lot of descriptive stuff in there, I'd say. So, look, I, I probably wouldn't prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. I, I think he's uh, he doesn't want to work in comics or something now. He, it's everything we hear about him nowadays just kind of seems like he's he's not a just fan a of. Comics. I don't know. He's yeah. That's that's fine. That's yeah. fine. He's done good stuff. But oh, uh, he's done amazing, amazing work, you know. And... Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it would be an absolute honor to work with him truthfully you know but yeah. but um I, that kind of thing look if it to me if it's not helping the story then what's the point of it that's kind of what i think like the more the more i've um, done this the more i've realized that everything that you put on that page should be as much as possible supporting the story and and making it a very clear experience for the reader you know and what, like why why is that detail in there? Why is that little thing in there? You know, and what's that gonna how's that gonna pay off later on? That kind of stuff, you know. Well, John, it's interesting when you're when you're talking about the timing of like the gargoyle ad or gag, for example, you know, obviously the timing when you're collaborating with another storyteller, you know, that that sort of rhythm of how you tell a story is is so key to how it lands. And I think that inter between artist and you know, story writer and artist make such a big impact and you were talking about panel layout a bit and that's one of the things that i really enjoy about this book the most and when you read it in a trade format it becomes all the more obvious because 
you really, um, from what I see, avoid kind of your standard grid storytelling. And mm. it's very dynamic. You have the overlay of panels. Like there's this fluidity and sort of forward progression from page to page. But every once in a while, um, I notice you kind of, you, you, you split. Like, for example, looking at the beginning, if we're you know talking to one other or video if you're listening to this you're not seeing the video so this is, <laughs> might not be as helpful but i'm looking at the first page guys. yeah you should loop. see it's so weird <laughs> it's, it's weird it's uh, weird I'm glad first, this is audio only <laughs> right the first page on book four is where you know batman is walking into the crowd where the fear toxin's been deployed and all of a sudden it fit it, it flips to this like five panel very kind of squared off rectangular um page and you hadn't done that yet in the in, like in the previous you know three books there'd been no other page that was laid out that way and i remember when i went back and read this thinking like oh yeah something different is going on here because stylistically mm -hmm. it was so much different so yeah that that's a i think you've already answered the question i wanted to ask you about how you approach panel layout because i think you have an interesting approach to it but um thinking about you know what the how you want to tell the story and what's going to be in front of the the reader is is so important and i i, I loved what you did on the book with that mm. yeah so so I'm, I'm just looking at those pages now that you're talking about and the idea there was um i mean obviously they're they're under the scarecrow's toxins and and I just wanted to get that sort of you know you'll notice the panel borders are all wispy and bendy and it's like you know um, it's it's like they're in a dream basically so it's all smoky and wispy you know and I I, I mean I would have liked to push it even further like I, I what I was actually going for there was I wanted the backgrounds to be really quite painted and you wouldn't really see any of the line art at all and just having the characters popping off and um yeah we we got we got close enough i guess i don't know i mean you you noticed there was something going on so that's good <laughs> oh absolutely and the transition from like that very kind of square you know uh, symmetrical first page to like this wispy dreamlike kind of ethereal panel division on the next yeah. and Lauer, if you don't mind me asking another question right away be so bold. um okay well, that's I, fine can can I, put, uh, put a shirt on garrett on that first page that you're talking about there, I'll just put this up so Ryan can see. But um, yes, you'll notice you. there's a, a, a nice little chubby ginger bearded guy there with a hat. Oh, <laughs> who's that? Look at that guy. Who is and, that? Uh, and, and actually right next to Batman over on the left-hand side, that's Matt. So Matt and I, we're running away from, and our, our wives are behind us. And um, our editor, Bobby, he's in the middle there and... Then uh, on the third panel, that's my Inca and his wife with her little puppy dog. So you know, we, <laughs> we kind of drew. I drew. I drew us into the book. <laughs> Very Dying. nice. You you are uh, you are many steps ahead. As I look down onto the, the like sort of, you know, I typed up some things before we sat down to talk. One of my question was later on I was going to say like I think I've picked up on a couple Easter eggs in here. What didn't I get? Uh, okay. There we go. We can, we I was going to say, why don't be a few more I can tell you later, if you like. Yes, I was going to say, Garrett, you can share the Easter eggs that uh, you found, and then we can see how many that we've missed um, here well, soon. Because I did that when talking with Matt of a, of a couple things I'm pointing out, and I'm like, I'm sure there's a lot of others that I missed. And he was like, yeah, loser. And Because you know how Matt is, John. He's like, he's a dick. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Matt's awesome. I love Matt. He was awesome. But uh, carry on with your question, well, Garrett. 
I was where I was going before that was, you know, you, you sort of get into this um, scare toxin sequence. And then, you know, on the third page of that issue is this sort of, you know, Batman has is, is now been in, in, in impacted by the fear toxin. He looks up and there's sort of this assortment of villains and Alfred oh. says, you've left us alone with them. And this when Ryan and I did the review, I said this is one of my favorite panels of the entire book, if not, you know, outside of the recreation, recreation of the opening title sequences of the animated series. This is right up there. I think. This is oh, just we're going to get to that. We're going to get, get, get to that. We're going to talk about that a lot. John. <laughs> um, but this is just so awesome like from a storytelling <laughs> standpoint like the pathos of the alfred and what it tells us about bruce's fear but the question i wanted to ask was did you get to pick the villains that you portrayed yes. or you drew here or was that uh was that a was that a writer's choice on who showed up <laughs> in that panel um as far as i remember i think matt um had listed all of the the batman villains so Look, I don't know if you guys picked up on this about Matt, Matthew, but he's a, he's a walking encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to, I mean, pretty much most comic things, but especially like, with Batman and, you know. Literally, uh, with he's the, written DC encyclopedias. So he is guy, a walking yeah, yeah. encyclopedia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's literally the guy that wrote the book on Batman, yeah. yeah. So, um, so you know, he, uh, you know he, he was, there was villains here that I, even now, looking at it, I don't even know who that character is. Or actually, I can sort of guess, but um, which is kind of embarrassing to say. But I've drawn, you know, characters here that I don't know, <laughs> and um, I had to look them up and figure out who they were. But I think he he had just basically put a list there and said, you know, draw as many of these guys as you can fit in there. And and I just made it my goal to fit all of them in there, basically, like because I <laughs> I knew this was our chance. We we weren't going to really get another shot at drawing all of these characters so i just wanted to i was greedy you know i just wanted to fit yeah. them all in there <laughs> well no, when you're I, greedy I think, it pays off for the reader though it's, it's that's right <laughs> well i think it was yeah. it was an awesome like a uh, just little nod and you didn't and just given the uh the range of characters that you'd chosen uh is is awesome too because uh you included you know raz al ghul in there you included the phantasm you included man bat which are of course upper tier Bane, but then you didn't forget about you didn't forget about Baby Doll. No, Condiment like, King got to come to the party. Condiment yep. King showed up. Condiment and then King, I, yeah. I call him a pirate. I always forget the the villain. I think he's from the Underdwellers. The Sewer um, King, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Sewer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Take away my fan card. But I just like that <laughs> range of... You got to, like, for the main story, you know, we're revisiting Joker, Harley Quinn, Scarecrow, and stuff. But then here's the panel where you got to shine with these others and i i love the choices even though the mm. underdwellers isn't exactly a favorite episode it's still like ah i know that guy the sewer right. king thanks yeah, yeah. It, and it, you know and condiment king and baby baby doll and stuff i mean that, that's such a cool page. clock king clocky yeah i was just looking at him <laughs> well it's, uh, i, I mean it, look it's it, it, like i said before you know it's this whole project was our love letter to these things and Part of that is you got to celebrate all the different characters. You know, it's such a rich um, rogues gallery, and and so to be able to include all of the lesser known characters as well was just so much fun. You know, the the only um, the only complaints I have, like looking at it now, is to, it, it's just so difficult to draw that many characters. Um, 
on in such a small space of paper because everything feels very cramped, you know, and you want to give everything its moment to shine and draw as big as possible. So that's uh, when when I look back at this, I'm like, oh, I wish I could have made that a double page spread. Basically, you know, would have been so cool. But anyway, it's budgets, still all that, works. you know, time. <laughs> it still worked uh, wonderfully. Yeah, cool. Very cool. Um, one thing I was going to tell you guys about, actually, just sort of before, you know, when, when you were talking about, um, uh, I thought you might, go, you guys might find the story interesting about how I actually got the gig in the first place, you know, because yes. it's kind of, uh, I don't know if that was one of your questions that you were planning to ask me, but... It's um, on the list right here. I think it's, uh, uh, yeah, number two. <laughs> <laughs> well, to set this up, and then maybe you can answer this too, is with Matt also, because he's a big fan of both of these worlds, and uh, right before your series, there was a different Batman TMNT collaboration with James mm -hmm. Tynan and Freddie Williams, and that kind of felt like this was my chance, and I like I lost it, and then this came about. So now, go ahead, uh, continue on if you felt that same way, <laughs> chance or anything either. Yeah, well, well, I, I didn't feel like that because I okay. I feel like I'm lucky just even you know, be drawing comics at all most of the time. So <laughs> um, for me, if, uh, I'm actually very good friends with Freddie Williams. Um, oh. So much so that I actually was at his house at the time when I received the email that asked me if I wanted oh. to draw the series, <laughs> believe it or not. So <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny because um, so their series um, was had been announced. It was already, I think it had already come out and everything. And it, and it was just so awesome because I had been doing conventions with Freddie. We were sitting next to each other and, um, you know, just to see the level of success that he, that he had achieved with that project, it was really cool, you know. And um, so I'm just back at his place and, and we're, we're hanging out drawing like we do every day for a change. <laughs> and, um, and the email goes, ping, you know, pops up in my thing and I click on it. It's my editor and I read it and I go, what the hell? Are you serious? Like a Freddy, you're not going to believe this. And he goes, what? I go, um, they, they're going to do an animated version of Batman and Ninja Turtles. And he goes, what? I go, yeah. And they want me to draw it. And he's like, oh, are you kidding? You know, and we just had our little mini celebration. We're like, yeah, how cool is that? You know, we're already thinking, yeah, we're going to be able to do like a Batman Turtles tour and all this kind of stuff. And then, um, which eventually we did do talk about that later if you like but yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so so that was that was really fun and and um you know of course i i said yes straight away and um yeah it was it was just a, a very cool moment you know i remember that very vividly because it was uh this i mean this book was the kind of book that uh, i knew straight away was going to do great things for my career you know it was the next step for me at that time and and you know i was very happy to take it that's been I so well received between between both of those two series. And it feels like, you know, a lot of times you get into these crossover series and they can be kind of quick cash grabs. Let's take this IP that people like and this IP that people like and we'll smush them together and we'll sell some books and, you know, whatever. But I, I thought I really thought, you know, both versions of the Batman and Ninja Turtles crossovers had so much more to say and really sort of made a great case for their own existence in ways that a lot of times those crossovers don't. And funny mm. enough, you know, speaking of Freddie Williams, um, I thought the, the work 
on um, the Injustice and Masters of the Universe series did the same thing, where you know oh, a yeah. book a book that could be just totally superficial surface level and and found a way to say, no, we're gonna we're gonna do some really great storytelling, and just because these are you know licensed properties you know, that you've seen on yeah. on bed sheets and underoos in the past doesn't well mean just to set this just to set the stage. <laughs> John, if Garrett could put one more thing behind him, it would be He-Man. So yeah. kind of yeah. like he got Batman and Ninja Turtles and he thought it can't get better than this. And then he got Injustice and uh, yeah. Masters of the Universe. And this kid was on Cloud Nine. It was, right, right, right. I was, awesome. I was well, time to, what a time to be alive. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing He-Man there just with a fake mustache on. That's oh, yeah. all. <laughs> right. He's been quarantining, right? right? Like this is 2020 He-Man right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do we need to tell your listeners what the hell I'm talking about there? He's got the logo of the Minnesota Vikings, is it? Yeah. Yeah, Minnesota <laughs> they, Vikings. They know. The they know. They've they seen know. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm the noob around here. The internet. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, like, internet attention. Quick, let me turn my camera on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's, what was really cool, and like, of, of course, the, the Freddie Williams version was awesome because it was for many of us of like our childhoods of combining. And I've said this story a few times on podcasts of like, as, as kids, you're combining the worlds of Batman, Ninja Turtles, GI Joe, and all of this. And then as you get older, you know, you grow up and it kind of sucks. Cause you realize that, Oh, these people own these characters. These own these, there's no way they're ever going to come together. So the first announcement of that series, it was like, Oh my God. And then the announcement of your series, it was bringing such a beloved world of that animated series. And then the 2012 version, which I love and adore that series too. And I think that was almost like, it was such a new, what, how do I want to say it? Of like, we got the initial announcement of the first series and this was such a new direction with it though. Of like, yeah, you've seen Batman and Turtles together, but not in this way. And I think mm. that makes your series so unique and even more fun because that's just such an a resource that all of us fans would love going back to a lot of people that's their de definitive batman version you know mm -hmm. and i don't yeah. i haven't met one person that doesn't like that ninja turtles version either and so yeah. i think that's what really helps and i love all of these uh series um but like and not just because you're on but that's my if I have to choose a favorite, it's the one that you and Matt did. Like, cause it is like that animated series world is just, it's magic. It's just pure magic. And we didn't have to see anything and we already throw in our wallets. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. If you felt that pressure accepting it or not, but like, <laughs> us, no, us fans were like, Oh my God, I cannot wait. Mm. Yeah. Well, again, again, I think that's just a case of, um, I'm lucky that I just don't know that the things that I don't know is what benefits me because I, I don't realize that there is that pressure and I don't realize how many people are actually seeing these things. I can't, I can't comprehend in my brain um, what a hundred thousand people looks like. But if that, if, if those people were all in front of me and, you know, waving the copy of the comic and it's all just blank pages and going, Hey, you have to draw this thing now. Maybe then I'd feel something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, but really, I, I don't think about it, you know, and and um and that's a thing. Like you can't because you will um, probably, I don't know, feel stifled or, or you know, you might just get paralyzed if you start thinking too much in those terms. Um, the, my my only way of thinking of it is 
this is an awesome idea. This is really cool. Let's make it the best that we can do. And and um and I knew that I I'm a huge fan of Turtles and and that version of Batman is my definitive version of Batman, the animated series. That's the one that I grew up with, and that's the one that when I want to draw him, that's what I have in mind. And and uh and Matt is you know we we know he's the encyclopedia of these things, and he he really is a true fan of these things as well. So it, this book came from purely a place of love, you know, and um. And we we were just so lucky that like all the right pieces fell into place that we were able to put all of that into the project basically you know. Well, it's it's obvious that it did come from from a place of love, and you know I said you know when when Ryan and I recorded our review of the book, like this does read as a love letter, and it does also serve as if someone said, um, I want to read something that's just super fun, something that I can have an awesome time with and it makes me feel like a kid again before they could get the sentence out of their mouth i'd hand them this trade paperback and say this <laughs> here you go there you go and Oof. i think one of the things that makes that possible is between you and matt i think you just nailed the tone mm -hmm. of this book so very well because i think sometimes there can be this desire to revisit the things you were fans of as kids and adult them up a bit. And um, I think very smartly from a storytelling standpoint, but also from an artwork standpoint, you guys avoided that. It, you didn't you you didn't like round all the all the edges off of it, make it totally, you know, kid friendly, totally mm, safe, mm. you know, but it stays. I, I was impressed with how both from a storytelling aspect and the art, it's it's playful, but it's not um, completely sterile. And if there's anything you can you can you could tell us about, like whether it was your approach to even, you know, some of the more action heavy moments of of this of this book, I, I shared, you know, with Ryan's audience before, and they they know me well enough to know I've got a whole bunch of kids. And <laughs> when this was announced, I was really excited because the 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 other Batman Ninja Turtles crossover was not something I could share with my boys, and that's fine because I enjoyed the hell mm. out. When mm -hmm. this was announced, I was thrilled to think I could share this with my kids. And I was every single, you know, I brought my boys to the comic book shop with me a couple of times to buy the single issues and they loved it. I loved it. It was something awesome we could share. Um, you know, if if thinking about these specific versions of these characters influenced that at all, you know, whatever your thought process was and how you presented and created this material, I would I'd love to hear about that. Mm. Well, um, look, I, 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 I have to draw things that I enjoy myself and I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm an older guy now. So, um, I think it, I have a, I honestly have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder when it comes to, um, the way that my style is viewed by the general public sometimes in that, um, people see not, not just, not just on my own behalf, but everybody who draws with that slightly cartoony kind of style or, or anyone who's got that little bit of animation and something about their work, you know, we, we tend to get pigeonholed into the kids basket. You know, you only draw for kids and I, I don't want anyone telling me who I'm drawing for. Basically, you know, I, I draw the way that I draw because that's what I enjoy. And I'm, I'm not a child, but I think my work, um, definitely kids can enjoy it. It's fun but so can adults. There's a lot of adults that, that mm -hmm. like, you know, animated styles and that kind of thing. And, and to that point, uh, I would love, I would love to see, um, you know, someone like Netflix, for example, take 
um, you know, do some of these more adult-oriented kind of animated movies, you know, and, and, and using this Pixar kind of a style, but to tell, you know, the kind of stories that we used to see in, in our anime, you know, movies back in the day, like Ninja Scroll and, you know, Street Fighter and that kind of stuff. So, so for me, um, you know, I, I, I want to draw that, I, I want to draw very kinetic and energetic kind of art. Um, but I don't believe that it's just for kids. I don't like that tagline, you know. I love all ages. I'm all about all ages, you know. All ages is great. But but we got to take that word for what it means. It means all ages, not just for kids. All ages does not mean for kids, you know. So, um, yeah, look, the uh, – and, and I mean – the the same can be said for the Batman the animated series. I think it works for people of our age and younger kids. And and same with the 2012 Ninja Turtles. You know, you can, I mean, that one probably skews a tiny bit more towards a younger audience than than the Batman cartoon does. I'd say, but it's still it's still got a r lot of really cool stuff in there. I mean, you you know, they're not pussyfooting around when it comes to you know Leonardo slicing up robots with his katana blades and stuff like that. You know, like it's all really really cool, well done action. So um, yeah, look, I, I, my my only approach is just to to make make stuff that I know I'm gonna enjoy and that I really my um, whatever you want to call it, my coolness barometer, I guess I don't know, like <laughs> w whatever it is that I I look at and I I want to see something that I'm I know myself now, but also the 16 year old version of myself. Uh, or fourteen-year-old version of myself, whatever you know, like would really love to see. That's that's basically what I'm aiming for. That's my target, I guess. Yeah, I that that explanation really, I think, makes so much sense and lands for me because when I when I read, you know, not just this book, but I think what your artwork to me, um, like the feel I get for it is it's um, like accessibility is the word that comes to mind. It's it's not just narrowly focused to your in your words of just kids. But it's accessible and it's entertaining and it's sort of, you know, it has this pull for for anyone that's in the audience, regardless of your age. I think, you know, what was cool for me is that the story bent itself to being appropriate for something that, you know, my I think they were like, you know, I don't know, four and six at the time or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. like there were some action beats that but we can skip that panel. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> a foot soldier head goes flying. Yeah, it's fine. It's right. This is a robot, boys. But it was just so accessible. And, you know, as a man in my in my mid-30s, you know, reading this book again, it's like, dang, this is a great time. And, you know, when I when I when we, we paged through this with the little boys, um, yeah. you know, they're they're thrilled every time. Hey guys, let's sit down. Bedtime story. Can we read a comic book for bed? Which one do you want to read? Oh, can we read Batman Ninja Turtles? We haven't read that one in a while. Like, heck yeah, oh. we can, boys. Excellent taste. That's awesome. So I think you, it's you, funny. You've done some good you, parenting there. Uh, I just mold and manipulate, man. Just I just try to make them little clones that are into Batman and Superman and the yeah, Minnesota yeah. Vikings. That's if I can do that, I've done my job. Well, I think it's it's funny that you said all ages because that's the exact term that Matt uh, said when I spoke to him, and he said of you know of like I don't want something that seems too kiddish for adults, but it's looking down on children. It's like for everybody, accessible, mm -hmm. like you'd said, Garrett. And mm -hmm. I said I have a perfect example of that of. I'm 33, and a few years ago for Christmas, I gave my niece, who was, I think, eight at the time, 
this this uh, series in a trade paperback. She opened it. She was really excited. She ran back to the room, laid him, and just read the whole thing. And she was just laughing. I said, "What stands out to me is that she loved that Mikey called Clayface uh, Mudbutt. Mudbutt. She thought that was the <laughs> funniest thing she's ever heard of. And I'm yeah. just kind of like, this is perfect of somebody who is, you know, an eight year old is getting the same enjoyment. It's same enjoyment that that I'm getting as an adult, mm. you know. And I think that that's mm. just like you've hit. I mean, a male. You've hit a, a young female. It sounds like you've hit uh, all of Garrett's boys too. Of like that's, that's a quadrant <laughs> crowd pleaser. Like in yeah, so that's cool. I, well, I mean, like look, you did a good all, job. All credit to to Matt, you know, to Matthew for his work on on that because that's. Uh, I mean, he he absolutely just nailed the tone on this thing. You know, he really. Um, for me, it was very easy to do what I had to do, um, given you know what what I was presented with and the script that I had to work from. It was very easy. So, um, yeah, he, I, I have to give him full credit because he just nailed it. You know, basically. So you said nailed it. So mm -hmm. let's talk about <laughs> nails. The, yes, my the, favorite nails. Topic. Yes. My, okay, good. We're in sync here. <laughs> The the animated series opening credits recreation. Oh my god! Okay, yes. <laughs> I I mean me just... I can speak for me. My favorite part of the book, um, maybe Garrett's too. We've discussed this at length. I think anybody's because what a perfect and hilarious reenactment. Can you take us through as much as you can remember the 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 birth of that idea through the execution? <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to it, really. I, I, I remember there was a... I think Matt and I spoke about it early on where he he was asking, hey, I, I'm thinking of putting eight panels per page for this sequence that I want to do. And I, I was like, man, that sounds awesome. Just mm -hmm. do whatever is going to make the, the comic great. I do not care. Like, I'm I'm here for it, you know? And... um. And so, yeah, this is what he came back with was, uh, I don't remember exactly if he'd uh, specified, <clears throat> I think he specified a few of the panels that we wanted to see and, and the dialogue, but then for the most part, it was up to me to choose which panels from the sequence I was going to show um, to basically, like, like I wanted to show the stuff that was the most iconic from that, that I remembered the most um you know like the, the for example the the panel where you see the two robbers in front of the bank that's just one of the ones that as soon as you saw that you knew the cartoon was going to start you know oh, well obviously there's the the bit before with the um what do you call those things hot air balloons mm -hmm. what are they called blimps but, yeah <laughs> hot air balloons uh, i like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and and so yeah from there i just i just chose the stuff that really i remembered the most um uh, it's possible that matt pointed some of this stuff out i can't remember uh, i'd have to look back at the script but um you know the batmobile coming along you know that's a, another one of the ones that really stands out and especially the bit where you know batman all of a sudden goes into this weird painted style where his eyes narrow you know, mm -hmm. and so I I did that, but instead we had Mikey doing the same same kind of a thing. So he gets his little you know Batman moment there. Um, but that was pretty much costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I really uh, I I that was pretty much um, that was something that I came up with. I think where I I I wanted the bits of garbage to basically reflect 
Batman's costume as much as possible. So, you know, he, he's really just that fan that, you know, wants to cosplay as his hero. And um, so, yeah, I, I kind of thought of that as like a, an old purse, like a, a lady's leather purse that he's put on his head. So it's got the two little bumps, <laughs> you know, to make the ears. And <laughs> um, Yeah, but look, it was, I, I went through the thing, through the intro many, many times. I think the theme song was playing in my head probably for about six months throughout the whole process of drawing this comic, you know, that's what I just had that, dun, 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 you know, like yeah. in my head the whole time. And, um, I just went through and paused it on the, the, the bits that I liked and just, you know, made sure that we were as faithful as possible to those frames. So, yeah, the theme, <laughs> kind of song, play, the theme song plays through my head when I read it. I mean, it is, it, and it's like, John, I'm not kidding you. When I look at the, this double page spread, I, it feels like I have a memory of seeing this actually animated. Like you did such a nice <laughs> job of picking out just those bits that yeah. feel like as soon as you like, if you were to ask me, like Garrett, what are the, you know, the the things that make you identify Batman in the animated series the most? It'd be like the two goons in front of bank, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. or you know the Batmobile <laughs> racing, the narrowing that that when it that where it does shift into that painted Batman style. And I remember as a kid being like, oh, this part looks a little bit different as he narrows his eyes. Like this in my <laughs> mind. Like I'm watching something that is fully formed and animated. It's just, it's just a straight up delight. I, I remember the first time I bought the the book from the comic book shop and got to this, and I opened it up, and here's this two spa- two page spread, and I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh, they're doing it! These, <laughs> these, these geniuses! Like, how did they know this is just a, it's something I didn't know that I needed this series to do, and they're doing it? So, oh, that's uh, awesome. just." Absolutely enjoyable. And then, you know, Brian and I had talked about, you know, Michelangelo through this whole thing, um, typically used for humor, right? Typically used for relief. But, you know, just the way that he accentuates this, it's not just that it's different plus Turtles. It's different plus this version of Ninja Turtles plus this this Michelangelo that really just kind of perfectly well done. (laughs) Awesome, man. Uh, Well, look, I, I mean, to hear that reaction to this it's um i mean it's it's just so awesome because you know you when when you're when i was working on it i i mean to me i thought it was so cool but i don't know how other people are going to react to it really you can never tell i mean it could have been people just going oh he just copied the the intro you know big deal whatever you know that kind of thing but but it, it was taken in the tone of exactly how we meant it and um you know I, again i just keep going back to this thing of, of it being a love letter and if it is, then this is the the you know exclamation point on that because it's <laughs> this is it in a nutshell right here is exactly what we were going for you know. Well, Nailed I it. you know like a page <laughs> two pages later, so this is like the big in your face like I feel like this is like um, you know the the thesis statement of what the book is. But two pages later, you get you know Mikey in his garbage Batman costume and Robin poking out their heads of the manhole. <laughs> And I, yeah. I, I, when I read this, when I read the single issue, I was like, holy shit. And now they're coming back with this. It's like when your favorite band at a concert, like just put on an awesome <laughs> show, they go backstage and come back for the encore. I'm like, they're going to come uh, back in the encore Easter egg panel is the 1990 movie poster. Like, oh my <laughs> gosh, they're playing all the greatest hits tonight, boys. <laughs> uh, that's very cool. Very, very, um, 
Uh, it's it's it. Uh, I mean, look, it's 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 so awesome hearing you guys' reaction to it. You know what I mean? One one thing that's a subtle thing that I did, which maybe I don't know how many people really noticed it, but um, whenever whenever the characters are in Gotham in the animated series, I always put black panels around the pages, and whenever um, whenever they're in New York, it's it's white pages. So I kind of wanted to have that contrast between the two worlds being shown off in a subtle way, you know? So yeah, that's a little, and, John, another little background thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean this with respect, you sneaky son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, I, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to read yeah, that again. Sit, yeah. <laughs> I will totally yeah. say I'm a nerd. So now I'm like, I got to go check this out now. So let's go ahead and let's, Let's enter that world. So obviously the opening of this, this series is a nod to Batman 89 uh, of the Mikey be like, why don't you tell you, uh, or what are you? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's the go wing nut, go wing nut, go, which is the nod to the vanilla ice song. There's, mm-hmm. and this was a hint because of, because Matt had said it, uh, a sort of recreation of that first Ninja Turtles comic book cover, but it was like Batman, Robin, Batgirl, and then like a gargoyle. On a roof instead of the four turtles. Yeah. Uh, Garrett just mentioned that that nod. What are what are some other small wonder reference? I don't know how many people when oh, this yeah. book came out was it, were fans That's of the right. nineteen early nineties, late eighties. I should I should have looked that up. But small <laughs> wonder sitcom. That was a deep pull. Well done, Garrett. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. Um, uh, and then you just said you and Matt are illustrated in this. In this book. Yeah, we are. Okay. So, Wait, so were, were you, was, this is all your guesses? Like, that's... Yeah, that's these are guesses. This that's is what all that I so know. All right, so check this out. Okay. Every single issue, so six times in the trade, there are, there's a Mega Man hidden in there somewhere. <sighs> what? <laughs> Garrett, get to flipping. Find that's him. That's what I'm Find doing right now. <laughs> It's so funny because as soon as you say that, I'm like, of course, like John would definitely like look, you know, being familiar with your art style. I don't know why I wouldn't have thought you wouldn't have met Mega Man and like all sorts of stuff. Oh, this Mega is Man classic is John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's big that, 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 calves, you know, John. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen my legs yet. <laughs> I can only assume from the way you like to draw these guys. <coughs> Mega, me, yeah. I mean, I don't want to do it while we're recording because no one wants to listen to me search. But as soon as we're done, I'm gonna get a. Uh, I'm I'll gonna tell get you. A I'll tell you one out. of them. Okay, J- just to get you guys started. So on the yeah. in the very first issue, there's the scene where we first see the turtles down in their lair, and uh, Raph is playing a pinball machine, and it's a it's actually a Rockman pinball machine, and there's a little Mega Man head there. <laughs> yeah. so, there sure there is. I found actually, it. <laughs> if you look at the uh, the page just before that, which is where the where we reveal Two Face, and, and you know Two Face was in his um his house, which is mm-hmm. you know his house has one side which is really nice and clean, and the other side is all grungy and dirty. Like every, everything was basically split in half through that whole scene. But there's a there's a scene there where we have um the My Little Ponies that appeared oh. in the Teen Titans, I think something like that. I'm not sure that that was a that was a super like kind of inside joke kind of a thing that Matt came up with and I've had a few people point it out and go oh, I love that bit and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about but it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> <That's great. laughs> I put it yeah. in there. Well, Did yeah, it? I was... 
I was gonna say, did you uh, mention to me on Twitter about um, like you used a Larry David gif? (laughs) Yeah. So I I I I tend to hide um, Larry David and Jeff. um, (laughs) What's his name? Jeff Ball. Jeff Garland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hide them every now and then in my comics because I just absolutely love Kirby Enthusiasm. You know, it was one of my favorite TV shows, and um, so yeah, they they definitely they make an appearance here in the New York scene where um, Mad Hatter is um, brainwashing everybody. I'm trying to find the awesome. page yet. So they they actually appear twice because they appear once when they're in the trance, and then once when they get out of it, and you can kind of see I've, I've got Larry there, kind of go, "What the fuck, man?" You know, like that kind of thing that he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In book five, yeah. Oh, there yeah, we go. Oh, that's fun. This is a oh this is a gosh. super personal one that I I do, but I um so like on the very second page, there's the graffiti in on the wall in the background, mm-hmm. and um there's this sort of like a Japanese geisha kind of looking graffiti character, and that's one that I I tend to hide a, a lot in all of my comics. It's I kind of think of it as um. You know Quentin Tarantino in his movies, he always has the the Red Apple cigarette brand, right? And mm-hmm. so, so this I I like years and years ago when I first started doing comics, I thought, oh yeah, it's gonna be cool if I put my own little brand of something in the background of all the comics. And so I came up with um, Geisha Aloe Vera Juice, <laughs> <laughs> which is just so not cool and random. But uh, so I always put a little. <laughs> These billboards in the background, you know, whenever I get a chance, you'll see the um, the Geisha brand there. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't Side. think I've ever told people about that, so it's kind of funny. Side note, I just found Larry David. I just I can't believe I missed him before. It's like clear as day that's Larry <laughs> David. Yeah, you'll see these things. Like, I don't know if you guys ever um, get like the Gemini comic that I worked on, for example, for Image Comics. You you find a lot of these same sort of things. All right, this is a kind of one that didn't really work that we tried. Um, so, okay, which issue is this? So this is issue three. So issue three, there's the scene where uh, you see Splinter. I think it's the only time you see Splinter in the whole comic. And there's the bit where uh, Robin is asking. Um, like he's getting getting to know the turtles and he goes, you know, okay, so um, let me see if I've got this straight. April, Leonardo, Raphael, Donatello, and Caravaggio. And then on the next panel, it's, you've got Michelangelo. He's going, dude, it's Michelangelo. And he is supposed to be standing in the pose of the Statue of David. I saw you know, it. Which is made by Michelangelo. So <laughs> ah. I don't know. That, that was kind of like another little wink sort of a thing and I, I i wanted to see if there was a way i could get some like leaves flying in to kind of cover the crotch area but I right. think, um they didn't want to draw any attention to the crotch at all so it was like, <laughs> it's turtle's genitalia with something both publishers were like guys if you could avoid it that would be great <laughs> it's our only request only request leave out the, the genitalia you see when you're looking for references sometimes you know you type in these <laughs> turtles and all of a sudden, you're in uh, some weird fantasy land. <laughs> it, it was really funny, actually, because we... Uh, so so Freddie and I were at a convention once, and um, we were doing a panel together, and, and somebody asked us, um, you know, do you ship Leonardo and Raphael? And that was one of the questions that they asked. So do, do you guys know what shipping means? Like internationally? Like, do you put that on a boat? Like, is it by mail? Get- is it by air? <laughs> 
I think it's the, I'm guessing I think you're no. talking about the creepy version of shipping, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, I, I didn't we didn't know either. Freddie and I had no idea what shipping means, but shipping shipping is when you take two characters and you get them together, you know, like they, they hook you up. Imagine it's that a, they're in a relationship. Exactly, romantically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so uh, so we were asked this question, you know, do you ship Raphael and Leonardo? And and uh, we go we're looking at each other going, What does that mean? you know? And the and I think the um like the moderator said something like, uh, it means, do you like to see them together? And Freddie took that as, you know, do you like them in, oh, in the geez. comics together like a team? <laughs> yeah. and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's awesome, man. You know, like, blah, blah, blah. And he gives this whole big speech. And then I said, I think they might mean romantically. And then everyone in the crowd's like, yeah. And then Freddie goes, oh, no. <laughs> I not. <laughs> Oh no! Because here's the deal: those are animals, and they're also brothers. And can you imagine weird, you some know? people in the audience just listening to saying that, and they're like, "This guy's disgusting!" Like, ah, oh, we were a fan. Oh man, oh, it was that's... funny. It was funny at the time. We had a good laugh after you know oh, thinking about. <laughs> Garrett, if we ever get to ask, like, talk to Freddie, we'll ask him. Be like, so, question: Do you ever like to see Leonardo and Raphael shipping? Just yeah, wondering. No, just... We gotta, we gotta, I think I think we'd have to lean into it a little bit more. And be like, so we heard you're a big fan. <laughs> like, yeah, turtle on turtle action. John says you're crazy for it. So yeah. you know. we're not here to judge. Whatever, yeah. but you know that's it, that's something. Gives the gives a new meaning to the word crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know. <laughs> John, you said something about like uh, looking at um, reference material. And one thing, I don't know if this is just me as I read it or not, but I felt, you know, I, I talked a little bit about, you know, seeing a lot of almost exaggerated Tim stuff you did with with the heroes. And Batman is very, you know, visibly the Batman of the animated series kind of put through your lens and Robin as well and Batgirl as well. You know, what was interesting to me is that as I read this and then reread it and, you know, for fun and then before Ryan and I did a review and then before I, you know, I was going to get a chance to talk with you, I read it again and flipped through it, uh, kind of looked for my notable takeaways. And one thing that I thought I noticed, I'd love to hear if this was something you did on purpose or maybe it was something you didn't realize you did, um, mm -hmm. is while your heroes from the Batman, the animated series universe feel very faithful, but with like your, your Samariva seasoning on top, I feel like you took a little bit more liberty from the animated series style with the villains. Was that something that you, one, do you agree with that? Two, if mm. you did, wasn't on purpose. And three, you know, why? I guess <laughs> three parts for you. Are, you. are you are you specifically talking about the Batman villains or the yeah, Batman ones as well? Yeah, Batman villains specifically. Mm. Um, get out there even a little bit more. What I noticed in my takeaway is... Um, where, you know, Batman, Robin, Batgirl, Alfred all seem very, very familiar, and very similar mm. to their animated series compatriots. Joker and Harley, particularly when they first show up on the scene, mm -hmm. feel different to me than their animated yep. series compatriot. And while you and while um, even Two-Face is similar, it feels a bit more away into your personal style than the animated series yeah. style. I was wondering, just because that breakdown to me appeared to be heroes versus villains, if that was something intentional. Um, but you know, yeah. I'd, all right. Well, super... well, look, I'll I'll let you in on on a on a few little things here because it's it's interesting. Um, 
and and this is the kind of stuff that I guess you just never realize. But a lot of the time when you're drawing comics, um, and I, and I don't particularly like this, but it's part of the process where they just give you the script, you get a deadline, and then it's just go. Okay, and so often you don't get a chance to really get to know these characters um, until you've drawn them many, many times and you get into them and, and you figure out exactly what you're doing. So in the ideal world, I would love to spend, you know, a few days at least drawing a character and just really getting familiar with them. What, what is it that works about them? Um, so in this case, the, the reason that, that I didn't stick to any particular version of some of the villains. So for example, Joker had quite a few different versions of him in the cartoon, you know, and I, and what I did with Joker specifically, I took the, the elements that I liked, which was his, um, I liked his coloring and the actual, um, basically the colors and the look that they used in the very beginning, the original version. So the purple suit and all that. And, um, but then, but then I really liked the shapes that they used from the second season where he had more of a pointy chin, you know, and so I, I used the, the pointy chin, you know, I took that from that and I, but I kept his eyes white, like in the original version or yellow rather than going for the black eyes, you know? So it, it was, it was basically just me taking the elements that I liked the best from each version and then splicing it all together and then making that work within my style. So that's kind of how you ended up with that. Um, Harley, I've always, I've been more familiar with that character already because I've been asked to draw her so many times at conventions and that kind of thing. And I just love that character design. She's, she's, I mean, <laughs> she is almost the character from that series. I mean, she's the most iconic thing that came out of it and, and has become, as we know now, you know, a force unto herself with movies and everything. So, um, you know, I, I, I stayed fairly faithful to the design. I, I love that original design. I just I feel like I kind of messed with the proportions a little bit and, um, you know, made the jangly things off her head a little bit bigger and that kind of thing. Um, one thing that I'll point out, which I wish if I, if I had the chance, I would go back and actually change it and fix it up, is my version of Robin. Um, I was I was very confused of what to do with Robin at first. So the first, I think in issue three, where we really start to see him two and three, um, uh, my sensibility was that I really wanted to draw that young animated version from later on, you know, the, the Tim Drake version. Because I, I, I like that contrast of Batman as a big bulky guy and Robin as a little tiny kid. But the Dick, the Dick Grayson version is not that version at all. You know, he's more bulky. He's a big guy, you know? Um, and so I basically, I would say that I screwed that up. I, I made a mistake by trying to squeeze that design into the Tim Drake version. And later on, I, I course corrected. So you can kind of see later on, you know, in issue four uh, and, and from issue four onwards, uh, Robin is drawn correctly. He's drawn the way, and he looks the way that he does in the animated series. And I, 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 I got to learn to appreciate that design a lot more. <clears throat> and then, of course, we did issue six, where we did get to do the Tim Drake version anyway. So, and it, it wouldn't have made sense because, um, you know, you can't have Nightwing and 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 that other version of Robin in the same universe, you know, because they're different characters. So. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's one of that's probably one of the biggest things that I wish that I I could go back and change in this series is just fix up the Robins, you know, like in those issues two and three, you know. So, well, the difference <laughs> but, from issue five to six, I think, made it 
noticeable right away. You know, when when we got to issue six, you know, the first time I read it and then, you know, rereading it again, it was obvious to me that this was, you know, a different Robin. The aesthetic was different. You sort of mm-hmm. did get that mm-hmm. sort of little kid thing. And you, you really have a way of punching that up. And I think, you know, there's a variant cover you did where I, you saw some like the stuffed animals in the background, which oh, yeah, kind yeah. of your cutesy <laughs> stuff that you do sometimes like was yeah. really evident there. Um, yeah. But that whole issue six really, to me, reflected that the new adventures of Batman and Robin art style and where some of those character designs, you know, went from the initial, you know, first couple seasons of Batman, the animated series really well to the point where like Ryan and I were talking like, I know I I was doubting myself for a moment. I'm like, I know in the story there's this leap in time and it feels intentional that, that, you know, John changed the art style to sort of ping off of that change that happened in the animated series. Like, was, am I wrong? Was this not like two or three months later released uh, as opposed to the monthly version, just because it seems so different. And it turned out, Mm. I think maybe it was like six weeks between releases. But the, the, the difference was so telling you know, with some of the subtle things even that you did, you know, the yellow oval and a few other things. I'd love to hear about how you switched up that issue six to be a bit of its mm. own beast. Yeah, okay. Well, well, <laughs> um, as far as schedule goes, it was it was just right on, on the back of issue five. I started issue six straight away. There was no gap there or anything like that. But um, really the main, main difference was that we, we changed colorist. That was the biggest difference. And, really? wow. and Matt, Matt, uh, this is another Matt, Matt Holmes. He, he just brought that style to the table, which was more animated, you know, and it just gave it a completely different look because for all intents and purposes, um, Sean and I, you know, Sean was my inker and, and we, uh, we were basically drawing the same other than changing the actual designs themselves of the characters to reflect the stuff that came later on. Yeah, I think it was season four or something, maybe where they changed it up. But um, yeah. So so really, the the biggest difference and and the the reason the style looks quite different is that change in in the colorist. So yeah, it it definitely made a <laughs> it made an impact for sure. It's so interesting, you know, how things, how perspectives can change when when someone says something and you look back at it. Cause I'm looking at the the physical copy right now. And it is absolutely evident the way that like the characters in the foreground look different from what's in the background is a totally different coloring technique. And it really does give that issue a different feel. Mm. I mean, like the funny thing is um, because the the schedule was pretty nuts on this, like especially early on at the very beginning. I mean, (laughs) this is a kind of another funny thing, a real world story that affected things, but um, you know, I, I knew the gig was coming up. Uh, I was waiting to receive the script and um, there was all these things converging at the same time. And, and, and I was thinking, what, what is going to happen here? Like, am I actually going to be able to get this thing done? But what happened was the literally the exact week that I received the script to get started, my son was born. And so oh, wow. I'm at hospital. <laughs> right. You know, like, and, and, and everyone's telling you, you know, enjoy your sleep while you can, you know, once <laughs> your kid is born, that's it. You know, and I'm like, going, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, I'm not, not going to be able to sleep. Like, how am I going to get this job done? And the funny thing was like, ha- have you got kids as well, Ryan? No, I don't. Don't? Okay. All right. Not well, kids. this is, this is for the future. Okay. I'm okay. going to be yeah. a, 
I'm going to be Uncle Johnny here, okay, for a second. <laughs> tell me, Uncle John. But, tell me all about it. <laughs> but like, uh, I, I mean, you know, as you know, Garrett, like once you, when I, well, for me, the experience was when I got my first kid, when I had my first kid, um, your brain just releases these endorphins into your your your, your body, you know, and you are high, man. Like you yeah. are literally on a full on high. And I, I rode that wave for six months. So I had so much energy. You know, I felt like I was on some kind of party drugs, you know, like, like nightclub stuff, right? <laughs> you know, and I, and, and that's, that was what I put into the page. Like I didn't need sleep. I didn't even feel like I needed, you know, and, and by the way, all, all credit to my wife, she, you know, obviously held down the fort and everything while I was busy, you know, doing the work. So that's, but that's probably the truth of it. But, um, but yeah, the, the, just the, the endorphins going on, you know, like that love that you're feeling, you're falling in love with, with, a, with, a, with this new person, you know, and that, um, that just really fed me with energy, you know, like it filled me with energy to, to really get this project done. And it was it was a breeze, really. You know, when I think about it, even though the schedule was hectic and crazy. Anyway, the point of me telling you that the schedule was crazy was that um, the colorist, you know, at some points was kind of falling behind a little bit. So I I jumped in there, and um, these pages here, for example, that one was colored by me, and the the Harley and Harley and Joker splash on the end of page uh, issue one that was my coloring as well. So you I know, I jumped in there. Page. That's one of my did, favorite pages too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's a really, you get to draw Joker and Harley as a pinup. That's uh that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. It, it, it is. Um, you know, I mentioned, we, I think we mentioned wizard at least a couple times in this conversation. That is one where back in the day you would have had like the double page fold out, like poster included inside. <laughs> like that feels like that's where that came from. It's so cool to kind of hear the background. Like you're going through the birth of a, you know, welcoming a baby. And because there is this, you know, Lauer, you'll you'll learn this one day, my fine. One of these days, I yeah. know. But you do have this like feeling of euphoria, and you're not sleeping, and your eating schedule is off, and like it is crazy stressful. And the whole time you're you're high as a kite, you know, mm -hmm. and like you, there's a sense of just like kind of pure joy and euphoria in this book, man. Like when I read it, it takes me to a different place. <laughs> Not to the place of having a newborn, you know, we our youngest baby is a year and I, I hope I never have to experience newborn age again. Because once you get past that, you do look back and say, man, this schedule was crazy hectic and I had to color my own pages and everything else. Only you're talking yeah. about raising a human. You just like you don't realize it in the moment. You know, it's only yeah. looking back that you realize how damn crazy the experience really mm. is. Well, Uncle John, let me tell you something real quick. The reason yeah, that yeah, yeah. Garrett feels this way every time that he uh, reads it is because Garrett gets lit right before he reads the story yeah. every time. It's a fact. So Just like, can I get some, so you know. uh, what, uh, what are the kids like? Molly, can I get some Molly? I'm about to read Batman and Ninja Turtles. <laughs> dropping, dropping a couple of pingers there and then reading it. Yeah. It's, it's a Minnesota thing. That's, yeah. that's how they read My their wife, comics. My wife comes downstairs and sees me dancing around naked in the basement. She's like, well, Ninja Turtle night again. Here we go. Oh, boy. You got to work in the morning, honey. Uh, I'm going to try that sometime. <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, I was going to dip into, as we slowly kind of go towards the end here, the, the title cards that mm -hmm. you did for the singles of... Mm -hmm. Like what another extra cherry on top of the Sunday there, you know, of like, how, how cool was that? 
And was that totally your idea of what you wanted to do for each one, or were you kind of uh, guided? Yeah, no, that that was uh, the, as far as the actual concept of each title card. That was one hundred percent me. <clears throat> um, yeah, I just I just you know boil down what's who's the villain of this issue, what's the story about, and you know how can I make that work as a. I mean, those title cards are so. They, again, they're an iconic part of the TV show, mm -hmm. and but they're just so well designed, and I did my best to try and hold some sort of candle to how good those things were. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure I, <laughs> I don't think I got anywhere near what they were able to achieve, but, um, and I, I really, I wanted to push it even further in, in having the actual text, you know, the font kind of mix in with the title a little bit more and give it a bit more of a flavor. But I think in the end, we just, they just ended up putting the, you know, the name of the issue just on the bottom there or something like that. It, it wasn't quite as designed as I would have liked it, but <clears throat> um, we were very lucky that, uh, you know, our, 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 that that editor is an awesome guy, man. You know, Bobby Kerner, he's a really, really cool, you know, just just a, an awesome guy to work with. And um, he's, uh, he, you know, he's open to the idea. I've never felt shy about talking about, you know, hey, I've got this idea for this thing. What do you, what do you think about this? So I think Matt and I, I, I think Matt had come up with the idea originally, like he said, um, you know, it'd be really cool if we could get the title cards done. And then I, I kind of proposed it to Bobby. I said, you know, um, this would be really cool if we could do a different one. And he goes, yeah, we don't have the budget. I go, all right, come on, man, let's negotiate. Let's figure it out. Let's get it done. You know, um, mm -hmm. uh, can, can you guys afford this much? You know, and then he was like, oh, let me go talk to them and we'll see. And then he came back and was like, yeah, all right, let's do it. And yeah. that was it, you know. So it, it, look, I, I I love when I love when business does not get in the way of creativity, you know. So mm -hmm. we figure it out, and then everything's good, and and we can make the thing as as cool and fun as possible, you know. Would do you have any idea why they didn't print those title cards in the trades? Because there's a lot of people that have no idea what we're talking about, you know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, I would say that it's literally probably just for the the spacing. You know, they they didn't fit yeah. in because uh, I guess the question is, what would you rather a, a full cover, you know, pin up in between the issues, or the title card? Um. You know, maybe the answer is the title cards and a and a and a gallery in the back. You know, if if uh. Yeah. If I if I was in charge of designing it, I probably would have done it slightly differently. Maybe I, I think I would have included those because I do feel like they add to the feel of you know capturing that animated series um, feel. But you know, look, that's a decision that whoever was in charge they made, and and it is what it is. I guess I don't know. I guess a, a treat for the people that bought the the singles, right? Well, it's <laughs> yeah. also probably a smart uh, business plan because John, I don't know if if um. You know, if, if you uh, maybe we didn't talk about Lauer, your love of prestige format and absolute editions, but there's a I lot of people love out there. Absolute editions. Like love our pal As Ron I just showed you my hush, absolute. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude will spend some for coin on multiple editions of the same story. And <laughs> I tell you what, I said in our review if, you know, if DC and IDW want to get together and put together like a premium release of that and include those. Because, you know, I shared this the last time we spoke um, and I already mentioned I bought all the single issues with my boys. And for me, who have been a giant comic book nerd for a very long time and like handle comic books like, you know, I, I don't want I'm not going to crease the spine. I don't want to mm -hmm. bend the pages and, you know, 
with my boys though i wanted this this was their first experience with single issue comic books this was their first yeah. floppy comic book ever right, and i right. just handed wow. it over when i was first buying comic books as a kid i was folding them back you know i was you know putting them in my back pocket i was doing the whole thing little kids do and i wanted them to do it but it was very painful for me the comic book collector <laughs> and it was very painful and um, I don't know that we have any of those original issues laying around anywhere because they read the hell out of them, man. It, it, my my older boy took out a couple of the double pages and put them on his wall. So, like, I don't <laughs> have awesome. those around anymore to have. So if they re-release yeah. this bad boy with those title cards, it's going to be, a you know, an easy purchase for uh, Garrett H. Grev here. Cool, cool. Well, I, I, I better not tell you that those um, early comics are worth $1,000 now on eBay, should I? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not. Yeah. Look, if when I hear you guys talking about that sort of thing and how you would like, you know, something that's more absolute or complete and that has, I mean, there's there's a ton of variant covers that they couldn't even fit into this trade and um, you know, probably more behind the, the scenes. I didn't get, I didn't really get a chance to do much sketching on this one. Cause like I said, it was, there's a script go, you know, so I didn't really get to do a lot of the concept stuff that I normally do with a lot of my comic projects. But, um, um, you know, with, with when it comes to comics, the, the people have a lot of power that they don't realize, you know, the audience in that, um, if you, if you want something and you let the companies know, you know, all it takes is a few um, squeaky wheels, you know, to to get the the oil. Is I think is the saying, or it's, I don't know the if there's grease. another version of that. But wow, yeah, I, I feel like maybe this is a call to arms. You and I might need to uh, <clears throat> begin our own hashtag. A hashtag a hashtag movement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in, in, including in that too, because I said it was a bummer that in the trade the director's cut issue wasn't wasn't included in that either. And I know that there is a uh, you know, it's a small minority of, of the readers that are interested in how the sausage is made, so to speak, mm. you know, and mm. I'm one of them. So I eat up director's issues or director's cut issues. And so it showed your pencils and then it also included just straight up Matt's scripts. But then at the yeah. end, it just gives it's a really cool story of is Matt called it his origin story that he wrote as like at the end but then also you included like a couple pictures of your homemade office and little (laughs) blurbs from that too and i'm like that's such like for me that's just such a cool little get to know the team behind the book just a little bit and it helps Mm -hmm. like i don't know it just adds a little bit of flavor it's not like we're only looking at john's drawings it's now we're getting to know john a little bit more which makes us like Oh, he sounds he sounds cool. What else is he doing? You know, it's just yeah. I feel like it only helps, and it's such a bummer that a lot of people they missed out on that too because it's not collected in the trade, and that's like, mm. ah, come on, we'll pay, we'll pay for it. <laughs> and for me, yeah. it's 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 like you know, for those of us that are fans, not just of the individual stories, because it's great to sit down and read a story and be entertained. But you know, Ryan and I, and it, from everything you know, you said even discovering comics you know, a, a little bit in your middle of your teenage years, just fans of the medium and understanding mm-hmm. how the creative process for the medium works and how the creators go about, you know, producing the artwork and and, and, and storytelling that they do. The process is incredibly interesting mm-hmm. for me, um, you know, as a fan of, of physical, you know, and I like digital comics too, but you know, physically created comic books in this very unique, you know, one of the, one of the only, um, 
you know, true American art form, speaking with an Australian about it, you know, that sort of developed <laughs> and how it kind of continues on. Like, I, I love that. Um, I love that aspect of learning about like, hey, how did these guys go about creating this yeah. thing that I've enjoyed so much? Well, I mean, with the with the director's cut, that that sort of a book would have been an absolute godsend for me when I was a kid. You know, I, I would have loved seeing something like that because, like you said, you know, um, Ryan, you, it's got the, the script and you get to see the pencils. I mean, that is literally, those pencils came from that script. That's the script that I actually worked from. And so you can, I mean, you can, um, you know, if you're an aspiring artist, you could just read the script and then kind of imagine how you might lay out the page and then compare it to, you know, how it ended up happening. Um, for, for me growing up, I, I thought every layout in a comic was this sacred thing that this is the perfect way. Like when, when I looked at Jim Lee's X-Men pages, this, this is the one and only way that could have ever been done. There's no other mm -hmm. way. And then, um, you know, in, in, so in my mind, he'd reached some kind of perfection, you know, whereas now knowing what I know and, and even having listened to interviews with Jim Lee and all that kind of stuff. And you know that it's all a, a process. We're always learning. We're always evolving. We're always striving to get better and finding a better way of doing things. And um, the interesting thing is there's actually a million and one different ways that you could lay out a page and draw it. And, you know, which camera angle did you pick? And, you know, what what do you choose to emphasize in the story? And um, the, the end experience would be totally different depending on who you know who worked on it at the end of the day so yeah I, I think i think seeing the the script and the, the you know the pencils and, and maybe a version where you see the layouts and everything would be kind of cool you know and yeah um but I, I i don't know i mean i can't say that i've ever seen an absolute edition or any kind of edition where they've had the full comic and then the pencils as well included they're usually separate volumes aren't they because it's i mean you You'd, be, you'd end up with this big, thick Bible kind of a book or a, a double trade or something. I don't know. It's a good wish, though. <laughs> so we'll start. There's another hashtag movement that we'll start, Garrett. Let's get that one going. Yeah. Release the Bible the Bible cut or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you say that, John, because when I was a kid and I wanted to draw and I just, you know, I, I didn't, uh, like, one, have the natural talent and then two, didn't uh invest the amount of time to actually get there but when i was reading comic books as a kid i thought like when i sit down to draw i need to draw what i see on the page right like it my my drawing should be this kind of finished inked version and it wasn't until later where i actually started getting exposed to what pencils look like and appreciating what the what the inkers and the in the colorists mm. do to mm. finally like bring this thing to the final version and watch the the evolution of what what becomes what we see on the page that you just get this you know really deep appreciation for everything that goes into creating this visual medium it's it, it's awesome so that that we got to find a way to condense that down to something that fits into 180 characters lower <laughs> <laughs> good job there we go yeah <laughs> Go draw some cool job. stuff. Yeah, it was really neat what happened there. Oh, just to, uh, <laughs> to to add it. So Matt kind of teased. All right, wait, we'll get to that. Is there any kind of plans to revisit this this series, <laughs> or are you gonna go the no comment route? <laughs> no, no, I won't. I won't say no comment because I mean, there's not nothing has been discussed. Nothing's ever been talked about. Um, I think, I think we, I think this was the one thing where there was unfortunate timing. Mm 
Uh-huh. In that, um, when we finished this series, it was very successful. Everybody loved it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I think IDW would probably be more than happy to do a sequel to it, or, or you know, if there was, if if we had the chance, we would love to do that. But uh, unfortunately, what happened was the this the Ninja Turtles TMNT twenty twelve series ended, and and Nickelodeon moved on to a completely different style and a new show and. As far as branding goes, it wouldn't make sense for them to release um, a version of the the Ninja Turtles that isn't the current brand that they're trying to push. That's so true. I feel like we we just kind of got um, we just got we got cut off basically. We, it, it would be impossible to do this kind of a sequel, and maybe it's the kind of thing that could happen, you know, twenty years after it's come out or something like that, where it, that kind of stuff doesn't matter anymore. As 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 what happened with the uh, Batman the Animated Series, you know, we're able to just um, do a total love letter to it because it wasn't the current thing, and it and it just has a lot of nostalgia built into it. So, look for for my part, uh, I would love to do it. You know, I would, mm-hmm. I would love to be involved in in something like that again. Of course, it, it was a, a really fun time. Um, I really enjoyed the experience working with Matt and and Bobby and you know all the people that we worked with. So. Um, if there was a, a way that, you know, if all the timing and the stars aligned and all that kind of stuff, then it would be cool for sure. So, uh, yeah. but who knows? Look, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised we'll quite honestly, because I, you know, again, I, I mentioned this in, in the other show we did, I had a, I have one of my best friends who has boys just a little bit older than mine. And I didn't realize at the time how big that 2012 version of the Ninja Turtles was. And it was almost like a total rejuvi- rejuvenation of, of mm. what we experienced in the late 80s and early 90s, where these kids were rabid about this version of the Ninja Turtles, and that was their turtles. Mm-hmm. At some point, those little dudes are going to be in their 30s looking to recapture a bit of their youth. Yep. And we'll have a whole generation of Turtles fans that look back on that iteration as their thing that they want to go back and revisit. So, uh, I mean, my fingers are crossed. I'd love to have another entry in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be cool. We'll we'll see. I mean, look, uh, these are things that are uh, above my pay grade, I guess. You know, like sure. the, where, where the decisions get made and all that. And all I can hope that is, if they ever did decide to do something like that or or something along these lines, um, you know, that they would consider me and and that I would be available at the time to to actually make it happen. So, um, yeah, look, it's it's not it's not the kind of thing. I mean, for me, I'm always looking forward to the future and the next thing and. <clears throat> you know, since this project, um, I got to work on other things that that um, were childhood favorites of mine. You know, including I got to do some work on Star Wars, which is a dream come true for me. That that's a tricky one because that to me really, really is the thing that I'm a major fan of. Where uh, it's kind of dwindled a little bit in in the recent years, uh, but only like by 05 percent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but but before it was like when when those um pre uh, the sequel trilogy movies were coming out, you know, like Last Jedi and, and Force Awakens and that, and I'm it, to me that was truly the religious experience in the cinema where, you know, I I, I kind of I, even watching the Force Awakens, I, I had um I had that experience from the movie Ratatouille where. You know the the you know the 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 scene where the critic eats that food and he's transported to his childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that happened yeah. to me. That, that literally, was you. <laughs> it, it happened to me in that movie where 
uh, like the air that I was breathing smelled like the 80s to me, you know, and, and when I was a kid and I had my little Han Solo pistol and I used to run around, you know, shooting this thing. And <clears throat> um, I I don't think anything can ever do that to me, you know, uh, other than this Star Wars movie, which managed to pull that off. And, and so it was a really special thing for me. And working on Star Wars was, um, it was a weird experience because they would send us um, stuff that was coming out in the future movies, you know, for references and things like that. And, and I, um, like, I'm a spoiler freak. Like, I do not want any spoilers whatsoever. I don't want to watch trailers. And now I'm getting sent stuff from my most prized thing, you know, that I'm, I'm being, you know, uh, shown information that I really don't want to see. And so I, I kind of, um, I was half, you know, like, do I really want to work on this? Do I not? You know, and I, I kind of, I mean, you know, I worked on pretty much everything they offered me, but I, I was also a little, I didn't chase more work up, if you know what I mean, when, when it came to Star Wars, you know, and, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm sure I can um, talk to you about uh, stuff, the other stuff that I got coming up in the future later on. So, <laughs> yes. Well, I need to word this carefully as to not get anyone in trouble. But Matt <laughs> said something about there may be an idea floating out there, and mm-hmm. I said, "Can if it ever comes to fruition, could he tell me this is what we were talking about?" And he said, "Oh, you'd know. Oh, wow. You have you have any idea what I'm talking about?" Um, well, I, I, I actually did listen to Matt's interview. So okay. if, if I had not, and I heard what you just said, just then I would have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm speaking code that only you understand. Good. Okay. There but, we go. uh, but because, because I, because, he, and the only reason I do know what he's talking about is because he said that it was a three page thing, yes. you know, which, uh, yeah, it, it was, a, it was a little, we'll put it like this, um, yeah, look, if if it comes about, it'll be a fun thing for the fans. I'll say that. Okay, can <laughs> that's you, good enough for me. Can Can you make sure that I know if it comes to fruition? It's like that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm clear that I don't miss whatever is possibly coming in the future. So uh, I'll, I don't I'll want to get anybody your, in trouble. I'll put your head in the background as an Easter egg. How about that? <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh man, what kind of face? What kind of face? I can't wait to see. <laughs> Surprised, <laughs> scared, crying. I don't yeah. know. All right. I, Super I, excited I, I, geek guy on page five, <laughs> upper right hand corner. Yeah. Uh, and then I draw the Minnesota Viking accident. And I go, see, oh, there it is. It's you. My heart would explode with joy. He if somehow, hear. if somehow there was ever anything that incorporated Batman, Ninja Turtles, and the Minnesota Vikings, I would. <laughs> my heart would literally burst. He's dead. Dead. Uh, be done. He'd be done. Game over. tell you that. Our um our local my my local rugby team that um plays here the Canberra Raiders they have a very similar logo to your Minnesota Viking. I'm wondering if somebody was inspired there. Well, <laughs> and I'm talking about fan. on the Canberra gonna... side. Maybe yeah, they I'm going to in... need to. Uh, so I'm going to need to look up this rugby team. I might have a new favorite yeah, rugby team at this point. Google I don't it. have a favorite rugby team right now, but now I do. <laughs> the Canberra Raiders, yeah, they're, they're the, the green machine. They're green. Okay. Well, they were like, we can't directly rip off the purple, so let's uh, let's make it green. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to, um, uh, when, we, when we were kids, our, our team was winning all the grand finals and all that, and, and they, uh, they released the green milk to the school kids, so we used to drink this. It was called Raiders Lime. It was like a green lime drink, and I don't know, nobody liked it, but I, I thought it was quite nice. 
Is that what inspired uh, The Last Jedi? When yeah, uh, yeah, Luke yeah. drinking the green milk is like, Blue. ah, Australia. Blue. That's right. <laughs> Blue, yeah. So, okay. Whoops. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, two final questions. Okay. Uh, top of, off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Do you remember having, and this can be in any way, whether it's because of what Matt uh, wrote or it was your favorite to draw. Do you have like a favorite part of this story for you? Favorite part? Jeez. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I mean, there was, there's so many sequences in there that I really enjoyed working on, but I mean, even, even, even if I think back to just page one, the very, very first page, um, something fun about that was that I, um, because, because we're trying to trick the audience into thinking that it's Batman at first, right? So what I did is I penciled it and I, I sent it to the inker and, and sent it to, um, you know, various people. And I was like, oh, check this out. And they're like, oh, man, I can't believe we're drawing Batman on page one. This is so cool. <laughs> and I was like, yes, it's Batman, you know. <laughs> and I, I felt like, yes, I, I did my job, you know, like, because I, I was able to hide, you know, everything well enough to to pull it off that it's, you know, it's actually um, going to be a, a reveal on the next page that it's actually Michelangelo. Um, so, you know, that, that was, and, and just the feeling of starting a project, you know, that excitement, the adventure, you know, Mount Everest is ahead of you and you're about to climb it. So, um, you know, there we go. I'll, I'll choose page one. All right. <laughs> so that was tough. So let's make it even harder. Do you have a favorite panel? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> a favorite panel. Jeez. Um, I mean, look, I, I, I really, really got to enjoy drawing Michelangelo quite a lot in this yeah. series, just because he's he's a, a really fun character. You know, he's he's um he's got all the funny lines, and and I was able to have a lot of fun with the physical comedy with him. You know, so drawing his expressions, and he he had a lot of the things that I really enjoy drawing. So there were many scenes with um with Mikey that I that I quite liked. Um, <clears throat> I'm just flipping through now, but the, the scene with, um, Joker when he's, you know, playing the, he's got the rubber chickens and he's playing a trick on yeah. Rocksteady and Bebop, you know, um, you know, I had, a, I, I had fun with the relationship between, um, Joker and Harley, but actually on the bottom of that page, this is a, a kind of a little and again, I guess a non Easter egg because it didn't appear in there, but originally I, when I drew the explosion, um, I drew the chicken's head flying off, uh, the rubber chicken, and they they said it was a bit too violent, so they removed the chicken head, and it, it was the only real note that I got from the whole thing. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's not really a favorite panel, is it? That's my least favorite because I got I got asked to change it. So. <laughs> well, the, the true know. version lives on in your head. That <laughs> yeah, that's favorite it. panel. So there you go. That works. Which it's I can't so great to saying. hear you say that about Michelangelo too, because I think in so many ways he's he's the engine for this story. And a lot of times when you have like these fantastical meetings of different characters or just otherworldly things, you know, there's this need to put in a proxy for the audience. That's like, you know, the in a different version of the story, it could be, you know, I don't know, some kid from the street that gets caught up in the adventure. But in this, it's actually Michelangelo. It's one of the Ninja Turtles who gets to be 
amazed and wowed and and yeah. you know fanboy out throughout the course of the story and yeah you if you, it's obvious you had fun drawing him it's obvious matt had fun writing him because it shows up for the readers so much like mm-hmm. mikey is really sort of um he he represents almost the reader experience he's and, us and yeah you guys make this yep. magic happen yeah absolutely yeah yeah he's he's um he's how we feel um just flipping through this okay um instead of picking a favorite panel how about I would like to say that the cover of issue two, this one here, the Harley one with the, the yeah. stuffed toys that you were talking about. That's the one I read. Yeah. That that is uh that was a dream cover for me to do, really, because like I said, you know, Harley was just that character that stood out the most to me from I mean, I've got a big Harley statue in my studio, you know, that's how much I really connect to this character. I love that character and and um you know, I kind of tricked everybody by for all intents and purposes, I drew a Harlequin cover for a comic book, you know, and and then I got to draw my little chibi versions of, um, you know, all the different Ninja Turtle characters and, and everybody, which it, it that's kind of what I would call, you know, having your cake and eating it too. So yeah. that was basically what I did <laughs> well, there. I can't believe I didn't even ask you who your favorite Ninja Turtle was. Oh, my favorite turtle? Well, all right. I, I, I have three younger brothers. So when the turtles came out, we were kind of assigned a turtle each because <laughs> of our age, you know. So um, I was I was obviously the the Leonardo being the oldest, and um, I he's always been my favorite turtle. I I just think he's so cool, you know. I love his design, and uh, with just a, a turtle holding the swords is just such a cool image, you know. And um, but but look, I, honestly, on any given day, I, I can I can have a favorite in any of the turtles, you know. Like mm-hmm. they all reflect a different aspect to everybody's personality. I think you know where, whether if if you're feeling. Um, you know, like our geeky side, you know, so we're, we're in that Donatello kind of a mode. I know that I've got my, my fun party side. I like to have fun and <laughs> that kind of thing. And so I, I, I think I most closely relate to Michelangelo in that kind of a way. Um, but look, it, I'm probably the worst person to ask that question to because I'll mumble on for 10 years about <laughs> every different turtle and why I like them. So, yeah, I love them all. One thing I noticed, John, and I went back to kind of because I said, you know, I was familiar with because I had a friend whose kids were into the 2012 uh, version of the Turtles, but I wasn't, you know, super ingrained in that world. And one thing I went back and looked at, um, you know, as Ryan, I've been talking about this book quite a bit lately, was the mask design in the animated series and some of the other comic books. Because what I picked up on is you've got a very, you know, subtle but a distinct mask for each of the turtles that you draw that i feel like kind of captures their essence a bit and that was interesting to me because i didn't see that in the animated series when i went back to kind of look at the nickelodeon stuff so i was curious was that something you created for your version of these turtles was it something you picked up on from somewhere else or how Mm. did that come about yeah i'd say it's a it's a combo of um uh, I, I think Matteo Santaluco, the guy that's drawing the IDW Ninja Turtles series, or, or he was drawing it at the time, and um, he's he really took that series and and those designs and just took it to the next level. Like he made it his own, and he was doing some of that kind of stuff, like giving Raphael, you know, the sort of jagged edges and more of the ripped up kind of a a thing. So I, I probably springboarded off that a little bit. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, because Mikey, I kind of made his uh, bandana things kind of like little bunny ears sticking up all the time. <laughs> 
and I, I felt that that gave him the really fun kind of playful sort of look and then Raph the, the more you know spiky aggressive kind of edges and um the Leo uh, Leo and Donatello were, were kind of a little bit more you know just the your, your sort of default kind of mask I guess Leo is sort of somewhere in between the two and yeah that's uh I don't I think it kind of just happened organically. It just kind of came out and, and I was like, all right, this is what we're going with. And nobody said anything about it. So I think it just worked. <laughs> no, it's great. It it's one of those little touches that I think, um, you know, if you're not, if you're not really, really looking at it, you might miss, but when you mm -hmm. notice it, it, it adds, you know, just a nice little character representation. I thought it was nice, uh, subtle, but impactful work. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, even the head shapes, uh, I was doing similar things like that. Like, Mikey's more rounded, you know, softer mm -hmm. edges where, where Raph tends to have the more sharper, you know, kind of look about him and, and Leo as well. Um, and, I mean, Donatello in the cartoon show, they made him a little bit more geeky. He's taller. He's got the missing tooth um, or gap tooth. We, we, we still gap don't tooth. know if it's a, a gap or if it's a missing tooth. <laughs> but, yeah. I'll say gap. I'll say gap. Yeah. Why not? Uh, so, well, you know, I don't want to keep you much longer. It's you've been gracious with your time. I can't thank you enough. This has been a blast. Um, yeah, that's getting right. to hear all this about Batman and Ninja Turtles straight from the source. Um, <laughs> and as well as some, some cool nuggets behind the scenes. So uh, just thanks again for talking with us. If, how can people follow you? Is there anything that you want to plug? Like what you're working on now, what you might be yeah working on the future that you can talk about, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I'd love to, I'd love to tell your listeners about, um, so I've got a project that's coming up, which I'm working on currently. Um, it's called Neverlanders and it's, uh, a, a co uh, I've co-created it with, um, uh, Tom Taylor, who's a pretty well-known comic book writer. He's, he's from Australia. So, you know, we've been buddies for many, many years now and, we finally got the chance to actually work on something together. So, um, yeah, it's a, it, it, I mean, it, it's a dream come true for me to be able to come up with these characters, create them. Um, we came up to, with a story together over some pizza, you know, like what we wanted to do. And how and, appropriate um, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then this was, um, you know, we we went through the whole process. It's been quite a quite a long time coming, but we actually got a deal through uh, Penguin Random House. So they've picked up our book, and they're going to be publishing it um, next year. And so, yeah, I'm very very excited about that project. Um, your your listeners are probably very familiar with Tom because he's written quite a lot of Batman stuff. And a actually, now that now that I thought about it, and you jogged my memory. Probably my favorite Batman comic ever is actually the annual that he did recently, which was a story um, of Batman and Alfred, you know, and, and it really shows mm -hmm. how Alfred is Batman's father figure, you know, and um, it, it's drawn by Otto Schmidt, who is just one of the best artists out there, you know, in, in the industry at the moment. I, I absolutely love his work and his take on Batman and Gotham and everything was just amazing. But anyway, um, so yeah, we, I've got Neverlanders coming up. That's uh, something that, that I would love for people to look out for. And I just did a chapter of um, Deceased for for DC Comics as well. So I got to draw uh, Damien, the Damien version of Batman in that one. So ah. that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, oh, man. The best yeah, of comics go. is coming out of Australia. It really is. I mean, because deceased, I think that's why it's not that Tom wasn't noticed, but I think that definitely more people started paying attention from his deceased work mm -hmm. and then started like 
people love his deceased world that he's created yeah. and realizing like he's uh, he is top tier talent. So oh, that's yeah. really exciting. That's cool. It's uh, it's a real joy working from his scripts because he's another guy that just totally. I mean, he he writes things that are so visual that I go, I go. Do you even realize what you wrote here? Like this is giving <laughs> me such a awesome thing to draw here. Like, um, it, you know, it's 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 quite like the easy solution is always to do your six panels on the page or whatever, and they're all the same size. But if you want to do dynamic artwork and and really interesting comic art. Um, and but the the writer has actually given you a little boost, you know, to start from that. It's just awesome because you you're then building from something great, you know. And so mm -hmm. uh, Tom gives me a lot of of those things to work from, which is super exciting. And you know, just it's a uh, um, I'm very lucky that I befriended this guy before he became a superstar <laughs> and never would have given me the time of the I day. You know, about flower all the time. <laughs> Don't stop. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, do you do you do you stay pretty active on social media? I know that's how we got in touch, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Instagram is probably my my big one. That's where I got my big following, and and I put a lot of my artwork there. I try to post more or less daily, or or at least a few times a week. Um, so that's just my last name, which is very very simple, as you guys know to spell. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> S O double M A R I V A. And it's just at Somariva on Instagram or I'm um, at John Somariva on Twitter. Um, or you can find me as uh, at Red J Art on Facebook. I don't know. Look, why did, why did I do this to myself? I made it really difficult. Three different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can find me. <laughs> All right. We'll find you. We'll find you. All right. Uh, Garrett, any last words before we uh, no, say goodbye? John, I, I just want to thank you so much, you know. I, I've been lucky enough, and I, I made the joke about, I, I think that about Lauer, but, you know, Ryan's really, I think, done a nice job putting together a podcast where we get to talk about our favorite Batman things, and it's it's led to some really fun conversations. This is the first time that I've gotten a chance to be involved uh, with the creative talent that's helped give birth to one of the, you know, a book so good that you get a couple, you know, dorky guys in their 30s that want to hang out until wee hours <laughs> of the, you know, burn the midnight oil and talk about this stuff, and to to have somebody that, you know, had such a, such a, an impact on creating a story that we've loved is, is a real treat for me. So thank you for, for coming on and answering our questions and, and sharing a bit about the process and, and how you approach this work that we all enjoy so much. It's, it's been a real joy for me. Yeah, no worries, guys. Look, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure for me to meet you guys and, and have a chat and get this chance to, to hang out a little bit. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate all the, the love for this project and, and that. And it's, it's really cool. It's awesome just to be able to um, talk about this and, and for us to have people, um, you know, appreciate the creative work that we put out into the world. It's just that, I mean, it's the, it's the icing on the cake, you know, it's just really a, a real pleasure to be able to have that. So thank you guys very much. And um, yeah, I'll um, keep listening to your podcast. It's great. <laughs> yes. All right. That's a big win. Yes. Take that, Nathan. <laughs> uh, he's probably crying somewhere. <laughs> so there you have it, Mr. John Summeriva. Uncle John, as I can now call him. Uh, what a blast. What a hoot. What a just an all around, very, very, very friendly friendly guy to accept the invitation to come on and sit down and talk with both of us. Um, Garrett, did he, did he live up to your expectations? Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> f 
far surpassed them. Like one, I'll just be honest, I was a bit nervous uh, because, you know, I haven't had a ton of exposure. You know, you've gotten a chance to interview some great creative talents. Our good friend Peter, who we mentioned at the intro, is has interviewed some great creative talents. Ryan Haas has as well. You know, I think Eric has as well. This is one of my first times, you know, since I've been involved in all this geekery, getting to sit down and and, and talk with a creator. And um, so I did my homework. I, you know, wrote down some some questions I wanted to get out. And then we just had an incredibly lovely conversation with John, who just one, how much fun was it? I hope the listeners have had as much fun listening to the conversation as we had having it because he was just so engaging and incredibly gracious with his time and, and information he was willing to share. I had a absolute delight. So yes, Ryan, to answer your question, it more than lived up to and in truth far exceeded my expectations. Um, Copy and paste what Garrett just said. Um, Yeah, it was. He was, just, he was just very nice and very cool and uh, something different. I don't do get to do that often, but the way of communicating with, with him in Australia, we use Skype. And so I actually, this high profile creator got to see my face and talk to him. I mean, that was, I, I, I liked it. Like usually, um, you know, it's just audio only when we speak to somebody else. And so this, this definitely made it more engaging and he was able to, enlighten us on how um, Australia is copying the Minnesota Vikings and yes. how he himself has drawn something uh, related to the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, it was just, I couldn't be happier. Not that I had any, my, you know, Garrett knows my only, my self-conscious approach to this was like, I hope he doesn't think I suck. And uh, it, I hope not, but it doesn't feel like it, but yeah, just what an awesome interview and what a really nice guy. Yeah, as as much of a as a you know, I as much as a fantastic interview, I think we did uh, <laughs> as as well as I thought it went from a conversation with a creator. It also felt like my social interaction for the week. <laughs> you know, it's yes. like uh, yeah, it really it really was fun. He was he was such a great guy, and it did feel like sitting down and and chatting with a friend about you know these mutual characters that we love and have so much fun with and respect for. So, uh, you know, I know it was a bit longer than I thought, you know, before we started recording, we would go, but it went by like a flash for me. So hopefully the listeners are thinking the same thing because man, that was just a delight. Thank you, Ryan, again, for inviting me to be a part of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and boogie on out of here. We've kept people a long time, which I hope it didn't feel like, uh, over two hours. It didn't for me. Like I said, I was thinking like, man, I hope that, that, that he's not like, Oh, hurry up. Let's get this over with. And it, by all means, it doesn't seem like it, it went Chill that out, way at fan all. Boys. Just... Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead, uh, Garrett, why don't you once again, share where people can follow you and what you're up to these days. Well, I'd love if you would head over to Twitter and follow me at Garrett Wado. That is G-A-R-R-E-T-W-A-T-O. I love interactions. I love talking about Batman and Superman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and uh, the Masters of the Universe and fantasy football. If you also enjoy uh, fantasy football and, of course, as we've already mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings uh, because it is that time of year. 
Um, but I would, you know, hey, you want to ask me, uh, hey, Garrett, what uh, what kind of chili recipes are you digging on this winter? I will talk about that, too. I'm a talker. You should know this if you've listened <laughs> to the show. If you like to uh, read words that I write instead of just listen to words that I say, you could head over to Batman on Film where I review Justice League as well as Batman Superman. And comics are fun, so you should do that. Hell yeah, comics are fun. So if we're going to plug things to talk about, like if you want to talk about uh, Batman, Ninja Turtles, Harry Potter, uh, Mountain Dew, uh, Cheetos flavored popcorn, um, let's see, uh, cereal, uh, not like the Raisin Bran or any kind of healthy shit. I'm talking about like sugary things. I'm your guy. Go to uh, at on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan Lauer spelled like lower. Or if you want to stick to Batman talk, it's at the Batman BC uh i also do just like uh garrett said writes for batman on film right now i'm covering the batman uh series written by james tynan the fourth i'm also covering uh the white knight um what, oh my gosh I'm, I'm going blank here the harley quinn white knight book that just recently launched what a killer first episode that uh first issue that was too find all those on batmanonfilm.com uh, yeah, once again, you can write in at thebatmanvc at gmail.com, and you can rate and review the show if you would ever be so kind. The link is in the description to this episode. So, Garrett, thanks for joining me on this interview with John Samariba. And for Minnesota's Finest, I am Ryan Lauer, and until next time, read more Batman and Ninja Turtle comics. Ninja Turtle comics.